no surprise that newsmakers try to manipulate the audience. They want you to believe that they are the one holding the line and they'll use any trick they can to get you there. But don't let them fool you. Get unspun. I'm Amanda Sturgill. I've been a reporter, and today I teach future reporters to cut the spin and think critically about what newsmakers say. My podcast, Unspun, shows you how to know when you're being manipulated by the news. Learn to spot the tricks and how to make up your own mind about what's true. So if you're tired of being fooled by the news, subscribe to Unspun today. Unspun, because you deserve the truth. Teacher Quit Talk. I'm Miss Redacted. And I'm Mrs. Frazzled. Every week we explore the teacher exodus to find out what, if anything, could get these educators back in the classroom. We've all had our moments where we thought, what the hell am I doing here? From burnout to bureaucracy to soul-sucking stressors and creative dead ends. From recognizing when it was time to go to navigating feelings of guilt and regret afterwards, we're here to cut out the gaslighting and get real about what it means to leave teaching. We've got insights from former teachers from all over the country who have seen it all. So get ready to be disturbed. Join us on Teacher Quit Talk to laugh through the pain of the U.S. education system. We'll see you there. Thanks to Rothy's for supporting Muller, she wrote. Have you heard about this company making stylish shoes for women and girls out of recycled plastic water bottles? Oh, and they're insanely comfortable and machine washable. Go get yourself a pair today with free shipping at rothys.com with promo code AG. And thanks to Beta Brand for supporting Muller, she wrote. Who says comfy can't be work appropriate? Beta Brand wants you to look good and feel good even at the office. So go to betabrand.com slash AG and get 20% off your dress pant yoga pants today. And finally, thanks to Grove for supporting Muller, she wrote. Grove makes healthier home products accessible and affordable. Over half a million families shop Grove.co for non-toxic dish soap, plant-based skincare, and tree-free bath tissue. For a limited time, our listeners go to grove.co slash AG, and you'll get a free five-piece cleaning set from Mrs. Myers and Grove. That's a $30 value. This is Seth Abramson. I'm the author of Proof of Collusion, and you're listening to Muller, she wrote. So to be clear, Mr. Trump has no financial relationships with any Russian oligarchs. That, that's what he said. I, I, that's what I said. That's obviously what the, the, our position is. I'm not aware of uh, any of those activities. I have been called a surrogate at a time or two in that campaign, and I didn't have, not have communications with the Russians. What do I have to get involved with Putin for? I have nothing to do with Putin. I've never spoken to him. I don't know anything about him other than he will respect me. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. So, it is political. You're a communist. No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist. Hello, and welcome to Muller She Wrote. I'm your host, A.G., and with me, as always, are Jaleesa Johnson. Hello. And Jordan Coburn. Hello. How are you guys doing? Good. Great. Good. You look good? Yay. Doing yeah, the, yeah. Glowing. Doing the treat yourself. I am cleansing my gut. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. The weather's better. Oh, we were talking about that a little <sighs> bit off air. Yeah. It is. Definitely. It's not 100 anymore, so it doesn't seem quite as humid either. No, it's just better. Back to what it used to be a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And you got your haircut. Looks good. I did. Thank you. Everyone in Seattle will it see does. it. Yeah. <laughs> You'll just have to take my word for it that it's awesome. 
Uh, we have a big show today. The House Judiciary is officially starting impeachment hearings, even though they didn't vote to officially start impeachment hearings. And we have some great, nude from, great, great news from a trusted source on that later in the show. We have an interview with a former Trump supporter who now, thanks to the kindness of Sarah Silverman on Twitter, supports Elizabeth Warren for president. His name is Michael Weissman, and we'll talk to him in the interview. And, of course, we have an update on all your old favorites, including Flynn, Gates, and Manafort, as we gear up for the Roger Stone trial beginning November 5th. That's two days before we go to Boston. And um, we'll also be in Seattle this weekend. We're hosting a second meet and greet on Saturday for ticketed listeners. So patrons, check your email for that link. If you're not a patron, you can become one for super cheap um, and you'll get both shows, Daily Beans and Muller She Wrote. Just go to, what, patreon.com slash Muller She Wrote or patreon.com slash The Daily Beans. It'll take you to the same page. Also, we have an indictment. So stick around for the Fantasy Indictment League this week. It's been crazy. Um, but like you said, it's not as hot anymore, so we're all a little bit calm, more <laughs> calm than we were before. Um, so, but before we get to the news, it's time for uh, my favorite segment, Corrections. It's a mistake. It's hard for me to say I'm sorry. Oh, I made a mistake. Okay, so a listener responded to you, Jordan, your comment about not being able to go off the grid. Remember when you and Jaleesa yes. were having that discussion about how you can't go off the grid? Mm-hmm. And um, they, they wanted us to know that they use U.S. citizenship and not um, our residency to tax us. So you can't never pay your taxes. You always mm-hmm. have to pay your taxes as a U.S. citizen no matter where you live. They that is like one of the things that makes it so you can't go off the grid. Yeah. They say two things are certain in life, death and taxes. <laughs> mm-hmm. They do say that. Yeah, yeah. Hackers yeah. are like, hold my beer. Yeah. yeah. Unless you freeze my head and then it's just taxes. Totally. Uh, but uh, <laughs> anyway, it's. It, I thought that that was an interesting point too because I think you were talking more about, I think I was coming at it from an electricity standpoint mm-hmm. because at least in California, they don't let you go off the electricity grid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's illegal. Um, and... Um, but this person, Courtney uh, Miyazaki is her name, was telling us about the tax. Only two countries in the world, I don't know what the other one is, uh, calculates taxes by your citizenship, citizenship. and not your, not your residency. So even if you wanted to go to New Zealand, still got to pay U.S. taxes. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Unless you somehow relinquish your citizenship. Yeah. Can you? You can. I think you. I guess you just have to fuck up pretty bad. Yeah. Could you give it? <laughs> could you give it to like a migrant? Could you just give your citizenship away to someone else in exchange? No, probably. That not. would be cool. That'd be interesting, though. Yeah. yeah. Like here, like a mm-hmm. like a like a liquor license. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it stays I'm with the place. I'm moving to New Zealand. Yeah. Give it to this. Yeah. Guy. yeah you yeah, can yeah. have this. In college, uh, they had like separate colleges within the main college, you know, mm-hmm. and then they all had different sets of general ed requirements and. One of them was noticeably worse than all the others, and that was the one that I was in. Just, like, so many GEs. It was, like, ridiculous. And to get out of the college that you were in, you had to find someone else from another college that wanted to swap with you directly for a one-for-one policy. And uh, that'd be kind of cool. That would be cool (laughs) for citizenship. (laughs) For citizenship. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like what I want to do with my vote. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, because I'm just going to vote for whoever women of color support in the primary uh, yeah. who so far doesn't seem that they really support anybody but Biden but I you know women I, of I, color that's I'll interesting to, yeah yeah I've heard that too I, I think it's just for name recognition's sake mm-hmm. um, the Obama name drop mm-hmm. yeah I will say though for that migrant swap thing they can make it a TV show too 
if they want to make money from it you know if they're like oh no we don't want to do that just make it a reality show like wife swap oh. yeah yeah that's the immigrant true. instead of the apprentice absolutely if that's what it takes you're a citizen well yeah let's make it decent though you know don't, <laughs> don't pick like one of the really sad stories that would be like exploitive but someone that wants to be on tv yeah oh yeah let's make it happen yeah <laughs> yeah vote swap wife swap mm-hmm. immigration swap totally citizenship swap yeah yeah We'll if your place it, is better than the detention center, we'll put it on right after yacht wars. Yacht wars. <laughs> oh my god! Well, if you have enough privilege, you can make it in any country and be just fine. Yeah. So if you're a limousine liberal and you want to do some good for the world, that would be that'd absolutely. Be great. I just saw Angelina, <laughs> Angelina Jolie's kids. They're like adults now, practically, and it made me remember that she adopted a ton of kids, which is really cool. But like, if people could do that, I don't know, with people that really need it too. Like, I mean, I'm sure they need it, but like, just on a more I guess local level that would be interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like if you have a big enough place, <laughs> take in some migrants. Yeah, I've seen like Republican trolls say this to liberals on Twitter, like, "Oh, will you take them in?" If I had a place, I would. Honestly. Yeah, and if the government paid me seven hundred and seventy-five dollars per person per night to exactly. house them, exactly. Make it a thing. Make <laughs> it a legit. Totally I know that. it's a silly idea, and I'm stoned, so I'm not making sense totally. But yeah, I think that would be kind of cool. You're making perfect sense. Thank you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Uh, and also, uh, another correction, the story about indigenous people and voter fraud, that was North Dakota, not North Carolina. So uh. thank you, Gail Nicholson, for that. Mm. Uh, though, she says, not to un- downplay the immense gerrymandering and voter suppression that happens in, in North Carolina right, right. as well. And then Neil Campbell wants us to know, after thoroughly enjoying our rendition of Cold Warrior by our new band, <laughs> Mumpsimus, <laughs> that Dolph Lundgren is still very much alive and recently played Amber Heard's dad in Aquaman. So he's he's around. Oh, cool. He was the guy who played the Russian in Rocky IV. So he's a musician and an actor? Nope, just an actor. Just an actor? Okay, I didn't know him at all. I was just guessing. He nope, made... Mumsimus is our new band because that oh. was that's a word tweeted out by Miriam Webster three days ago. And it's the definition is a stubborn person who insists on making an error in spite of being shown that they're wrong. Nice. I don't know why this is news to me, but I love it. <laughs> Miriam Webster trolls on just the most epic scale. It's they're great. Good. It's got to be cool to be yeah. in charge of the dictionary. They put know? out yeah. beans related tweets every now and then. I know. Like, I love that. I, I know. Yeah. I'm thinking. Hey, what's up, Miriam Webster? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you give us a shout out <laughs> if you're listening? Uh, so, yeah, uh, Dolph Lundgren's around. And Mumpsimus. So that's what uh, a bunch of people on Twitter have decided. The band that sings Cold Warrior is called <laughs> Mumpsimus. I love it. I love you guys. I know. They're so great. Uh, Dari wants to... Uh, Dari? Uh, wants to be sure we knew that Greta Thunberg wasn't coming to the U.S. across the Atlantic on a solar-powered boat, but rather an... Uh, let's see. Imoca? 60 sailing yacht okay a, a high-end yacht designed to race around the world non-stop so you don't have to stop anywhere there's no comforts on board just a bunk a camping burner to heat food and a carbon fiber toilet um this person also said that on a sea of podcasts we are the imocas flying over the service leaving everyone behind <laughs> thank you that's beautiful but I, I i'm pretty sure that the that the boat had solar panels on it yeah that's what i heard too I that's where she was getting a lot of her yeah energy greta from. is baller she is she's so cool i loved that picture she put up on instagram of the lights of New York she could see from that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, yeah. Very cool. wise. And finally, uh, Jack McManaman wants us McManaman <laughs> wants us to know that uh, the way a New Jerseyan pronounces Monmouth is Mammoth. Mammoth. Oh. They do the same with Trenton by not pronouncing the N T Trenton. So thank you for that. I didn't yeah. know I'm not a New Jerseyan. Yeah. I have no idea. I'll forget, I'm sure, but it's nice to know. Because there was a Monmouth poll. And um, while I pronounced it phonetically, mm. he just wanted to let me know. New Jersey, Monmouth. Yeah. Right. There's got to be someone who has like a profession where they're an expert in all the accents. Pointed oh, out yes. by <laughs> Mac Manaman. Very nice. I'm Mac- sure that we're probably saying that wrong to you. Is it, is it Mamanaman? <laughs> <laughs> I think of Manamana. Yeah. <laughs> do, 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 do.
Uh, and those are corrections. So thank you so much. If you have any corrections from either the Daily Beans or from Muller She Wrote, head to MullerSheWrote.com, click on Contact, select Corrections, and build us a compliment sandwich. We'll get it right eventually. We have a news. Uh, we have a news. We have a news. We have lots of news. <laughs> <laughs> so just facts. Um, <laughs> we have a lot of news to get to this week. Let's jump in with just the facts. Okay, so Trump is doing Putin's bidding this week again. Uh, not only by delaying military aid to Ukraine by way of reviewing the program, the aid program, $250 million, but also by having Pence say in Poland that NATO needs to help Ukraine now because we've carried the load. We've done enough. He also says he has great concerns about corruption there, perhaps a nod to Giuliani and his Joe Biden conspiracy. And speaking of which, Giuliani says he met with Ukrainian officials about Biden's role in the Ukraine's dismissal, sorry, in Ukraine's dismissal of a prosecutor who investigated Biden's son. So he's just colluding in broad daylight now. So other Western governments called for that prosecutor's dismissal in Ukraine. And there's zero evidence that Biden's move was inappropriate. And now it appears um, they're with the withholding of the Ukraine funds is leveraged to get dirt on Do Bi Joe Biden. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later in the show. Mm -hmm. uh, we also learned officially that Comey is not going to be criminally charged for leaking his memos. We already knew that when... <laughs> news leaked about mm -hmm. <laughs> about the IG report. Uh, but the IG report came out. We had beans on that. And, and the inspector general says Comey was reckless with the information he had because he took it off site and kept it at home in his safe. Oddly, the inspector general said he did that without permission, but he was the director of the FBI. Uh, so I would assume he great gave himself permission to do that. Uh, and he did the right thing, considering there's really no rule book for the situation he found himself in, where he was getting loyalty asks and being told to let the Flynn thing go, you know, lift the cloud, etc. Mm -hmm. Something that seemingly amounts to obstruction of justice, at least according to the criteria outlined in the Mueller report. If you listen to our <laughs> Mueller special, yeah. that one hit all three of uh, what What are they? Uh, obstructive act, nexus. nexus to an official proceeding, yeah. and intent. intent. I think thank you, Nexus. It's the only reason I remember that one every thank time. You, nexus. Is that a hair thing? Uh Ariana Grande has a song called Thank You Next about her ex-boyfriend. Oh. Yeah, so Muller could have a Thank You Nexus thing, but oh, nice. I don't know how useful it was. <laughs> it varies. But um, also, what's I bet Ariana Grande could do a parody. She seems like she follows politics. You're right. I think she could, too. That'd be really cool. What's it called? What's her song called? Thank You Next. Next? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh I next. see. Like, Thank You Next. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's okay. a very positive song. Yeah, yeah. I like that it one. It could work. I like those breakup songs. It's yeah. Like Pink has one. Um, Blow Me One Last Kiss. Oh. That's a good one. I like pink. Just like, yeah. She's yeah. so rad. You know what I think of whenever I hear Trump say, let Flynn go, or let the Flynn thing go, is what's that song that's like, let my people go? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, was, it was featured prominently in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, a John oh. Hughes film from 1986, where uh, Cameron Fry is it's, it's sick in bed, and he says, when Cameron was in <laughs> Egypt's land, let my Cameron go. <laughs> and I do think of that, let yeah, the Trump. Flynn thing go. I think of it every time, too. So I'm right there with you. Nice. Um, let's see here. In the Epstein case, a judge is considering whether or not to release the names of over a thousand people or so involved in the case that were named in Epstein's address book and in those documents from the Jufri law lawsuit. According to the New York Times, there's an unnamed man trying to suppress that information who I thought might be Alan Dershowitz. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. That's what I was going to say. Because he wanted to release the Jufre stuff, but not all of it. Remember, he was yeah. like, release it and clear my name, but not these things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, mm, okay. Uh, but we already know he's sort of in there, and it's already been released that his name is on the, the Lolita Express flight log. Dershowitz, right there with underwear. Yep. Just <laughs> um, says that right next to his name. A little name. doodle of a like, underwear. <laughs> little tiny whitey. <laughs> <laughs> you know it, right? Yeah, yeah. Underwear on. <laughs> uh, so it, it could be Alan Dershowitz. It could be any of the thousand people. Um, supposedly it's got it's somebody who doesn't have anything to do with the case. I don't know. I haven't verified that. 
Um, but the unnamed man doesn't want his or the rest of the names to get out because it could damage their reputation. Hmm. Yeah, well, rape and underage, like, sorry, children will do that. Right, uh, go figure. You. Yeah, so the records are part of the Jufri 2015 defamation suit against Gislaine, as as we've said. I know mm-hmm. it's Jelaine or Ghislaine or whatever. <laughs> Actually, I don't know what it is. Gislaine is her name. Yeah, I heard NPR say it once, but I can't get Gislaine out of my head now. So <laughs> What Gislaine? does NPR say? They said it the right way, but I Ghislaine? can't. Remember. It was something like that, yeah. Jelaine yeah. or Ghislaine, yeah. Mm-hmm. Life in the Ghislaine. <laughs> <laughs> By Mumsimus. Nice. Mumsimus wow. Rex. Yeah, you got to make an album now. I know. <laughs> All right, here, we'll write it down. Life in the Ghislaine. <laughs> and Cold Warrior. Cold Warrior. Beautiful. Cold Warrior by Mumsimus Rex. I like, I don't yeah. know why I want to add the uh, Rex Squeeze in thank end. you, Nexus, on the bonus track. Oh, and thank you, Nexus. Nexus. All right, cool. So now we have three songs on our short coming, uh, soon-to-be-released EP. Very cool. <laughs> My we could be like uh, the liberal version of those three Trump-supporting ladies. Yeah, have yeah. You seen, have you seen them? I have. I showed you a video. Yeah, they're they, like a yeah, they sit group, there, right? Yeah, they do like acapella songs just all about the worst things in the world. Yeah. <laughs> We're already use your fuck. choir like, power We for support bad. Trump. Yeah. Because we're strong ladies. And we love Trump. We're strong ladies. If you don't love Trump, you're weak. My favorite. We're strong. <laughs> <laughs> that's like their whole song. Yeah, verbatim. I have a feeling that's verbatim. Like Trump, you're weak. We're strong. <laughs> we're cold warriors. Oh, I gosh. gotta download that now. Like, I feel so, so bad. bad. I don't want to support them. You don't want to. That's see just it. a great uh, impression. It's so bad. Um, it, it also reminds me of the inaugural. Remember when he had those little girls come up and they're little red, white, and almost pretty much uh, Tommy Laren yoga outfits. Oh, mm-hmm. that's right. Yeah, to say, to sing their little "I Love Freedom." Yeah, do, 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 and they're yes. spinning flags and yeah. like saluting. Little and I'm sparklers. like, sparklers. Oh, no. You seen the Putin yeah. ladies, the Putin cheerleaders who oh, sing about no. how strong and handsome Putin is? Oh, yeah, the are they Russian? Absolutely. Ah, yeah, that'd be weird if it was like a contracted <laughs> out from another government. The totally. anti pussy riot. Exactly. <laughs> the taint. <laughs> the taint riot. Oh, <laughs> that's man. amazing, Ag. <laughs> taint riot. Oh God. <laughs> We support Putin because he's strong. He's don't be weak. <laughs> Let's just make fun of everyone that's making that kind of music. Have I'm we cool ever seen that. those women in the same room at the same time? Oh, Could God. they be the same? Ooh. Um, we heard to pass these chicks off as Russian. True. <laughs> They're just such typical, like, freaking, I don't know. Who, Taint Riot? No, no, oh, no. The, the, <laughs> the Republican ladies. Yeah. I don't even know how to describe them in a way that's the not grab marginalizing. Them by, to grab women. them by the Dixie chicks. Oh. Yes. That's perfect. We'll call them that. Nice. Yeah. Uh, where do we go from there? I don't know. Here's where we go. We're going to talk about House Democrats. They're doing some stuff this week. They're going to investigate the Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal catch and kill hush money scandals. We know that from last week. Currently, there's one man serving time for the conspiracy. One man for a conspiracy, which is Michael Cohen. <laughs> and conspiracies usually take two people, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, as soon as Bill Barr was appointed, the Southern District of New York investigation ended. Uh, I hope they bring Cohen back in, along with Keith Davidson, who I'm surprised isn't in jail. I've had him on my fantasy draft for a while. And I hope they question Weisselberg and Calamari, along with some of the other Trump org execs that Cohen named after, you know, during his congressional testimony. And we'll talk more about what's coming up for the House in Hot Notes. And it's big. And I'm really excited. They're changing the rules. And I think you'll be very happy about it. So we'll get there in Hot Notes. Good news in the election news. A North Carolina judicial panel has tossed out Republican gerrymandering maps in a unanimous decision. Three to zero. 
um, citing them as unconstitutional and politically motivated and racially motivated. The maps were drawn in 2017 by Republicans who wanted to hold a supermajority in the state legislature. Lawmakers have two weeks to try again and draw new maps. The judge also imposed rules on this new round of, of redistricting and map making. The new map making must start from scratch. All map drawing must occur at public hearings with computer screens visible to everyone, and any consultants hired by lawmakers must be approved by the court. Wow. The evidence that likely made the difference here was the same evidence that was uh, that they were trying to use in the SCOTUS case, but did use in the New York case against adding the 2020 citizenship question, or the census, the citizenship question to the 2020 census. Um, <clears throat> the files of the now deceased godfather of partisan gerrymandering, <laughs> Tom, uh, you call him Hofeller, yeah, I, yeah. I call him Hofeller. <laughs> Uh, David Daly wrote a piece for the New York Times, or excuse me, the New Yorker this week. You should check out. It's called "The Secret Files of the Master of Modern Republican Master of Modern Republican Gerrymandering," all about Hoffeller and how he trained Republicans and operatives and legislators legislators to draw districting maps that used race data to elect Republicans. His files included detailed studies of North Carolina college students broken down by race and cross-referenced them against their driver's license Jesus. file to see if they possessed a proper ID to vote. Wow. One of the clearest and most obvious racial gerrymanders is the line that cuts in half one of the nation's largest historically black colleges, North Carolina A&T State University in Greensboro. <laughs> Republicans cuts the college in half. Right in half. Um, Republicans have long denied the line was drawn to dilute black votes. Uh, but with Huffler's files, we have proof that it was done precisely for that reason. His files also include a map of the 2017 state judicial gerrymander with an overlay of the black population by district. So it's got this overlay that you can put down on top of the map that shows where all the black people are. Wow. Um, black voters. <laughs> yeah. Black registered voters. And um, let's see what else. Oh, he also had these data for North Carolina, Arizona, Texas, Massachusetts, Mississippi, Alabama, and Virginia. And emails connect Hoffler to redistricting efforts in Florida back in 2011. Hoffler's files were handed over by his estranged daughter, I believe, who mm -hmm. did not approve of, of what, what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. She said she used to actually really be fond of him because he was this independent thinker and raised her to believe that, you know, she could be the captain of her own universe kind of thing. But then she said he got really racist <laughs> and that kind of turned her away from her loving father. Yeah. So she handed over all God. these files. And it was funny because in some of his PowerPoint presentations that he would give to Republican legislators and, and map districters and drawers and shit like that, said, you know, be discreet. Don't use emails. Emails are the devil's tool. Wow. <laughs> devil's <laughs> on AOL. <laughs> Who's still on AOL? Don't die. And, 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 but yeah, here we have all of his emails from Florida and all mm -hmm. of his files. He didn't file it. He didn't follow his own advice. Yeah. And the whole overlay thing, I imagine like little, uh, what do they call them? Projectors or like the little screens where you can, mm -hmm. yeah. Is that kind of what they would do is like make like little Probably, transparent yeah. things that like kind of like a coding <clears throat> almost or a secret Yeah. So in the, in the file, you have the, you have a map and then you have this clear transparency over it that you fold down and it shows where all the where Whoa. all the uh, black voters are in the districts that's that, crazy uh, people who are registered to vote that are african-american yeah that's commitment or people of color i know yeah. and he even says in words like we're gonna you know cut this in half we're gonna cut this black college in half <laughs> yeah. to dilute the voters into different districts so we continue to elect what a metaphor right <laughs> yeah um it's a weird that whole thing just makes me feel like now that they're doing it from scratch, they should have like a, you know how Google does the doodle contest? Yeah. They should do it for gerrymandering. See who makes the best math, most <laughs> authentic math. Do your own research. Do the your fairest, own race data. Yeah. The, the fairest one the or fairest the, the one. least fair? The, the most fair. Oh, actually, the least fair. We've already had that done. We yep. don't want to yeah, go that direction again. Seen it. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> open it to everybody. Cute little doodles from five-year-olds, you know, <laughs> throw on little gerrymandered things. It might be what it looks like. We know Republicans can't text. Totally. So. That'd be a great Beauty and the Beast like mirror thing, right? 
right? That, oh. That's uh, the Mirrors and Beauty of the Beast, like Mirror, Mirror on the Wall. Yeah. Right? Or is that Sleeping Beauty? Uh, what I is that? I think oh, that movie is, is that? Snow White. There oh, fuck. There's a mirror Snow in White. Beauty and the Beast, but I forgot what it did. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm thinking we could have a mirror and it could be like Mirror, Mirror on the Wall. Show us the fairest districting of them all. <laughs> that's <And> the hilarious. <laughs> is that too long for the title? Fairest district of them all. I love it. Not in North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that would be yeah, Magic Mirror. Nice. Mm-hmm. Snow White. Disney loves mirrors. That's why she killed yeah. Snow White, gave her the poison apple, because she ah, was, every time she asked course. the Magic Mirror who the prettiest was, she always, the mirror always right. says Snow White. That's not the one with the uh, sexual assault. That's I'm thinking of uh, Sleeping Beauty, right? Yeah. Okay, yep. yeah. got it. Mm. Yeah. That's not the one with the sexual assault. Right? The Me Too <laughs> Disney movie <laughs> no one talks about. Hashtag Me Too. Hashtag yes. yes. Come on. Consent is sexy. All you have to do is ask. Yeah, that is true. I but guess if you're cursed, a PC. He didn't even know, <laughs> did he? I didn't see. Oh yeah, movie. no, I think so. <laughs> I'm gonna say I a PC version is he just goes up, kind of pokes her with a stick. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Slightly better. Why does it have to be kissing? Why can't it be? <laughs> yeah. Clapping. Yeah. <laughs> Wake up. Wake up. <laughs> yeah, I missed a and lot the of spell those. Spell is broken. Yeah. I think I got the bullet points. Is that like he? I thought he didn't know. And he went for it. Poking the stick seemed a little more decent. Well, there are news reports out that he was actually in charge of writing the curse so that he oh. could actually kiss her to wake her up well, when she was sleeping. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I got to go back and rewatch these. Make it. That's whole not podcast real. Out of- <laughs> See, I wouldn't even know. Yeah, send me emails, not you. I've, yeah, I've only seen The Lion King, I got to say. The new one? Have you seen the new one? Yeah. Was it good? It was. Cool. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I like that movie when it came out in mm-hmm. the early 90s. Uh, let's see. Pentagon has approved the diversion of funds for 127 different projects to pay for Trump's wall, the one that he said Mexico would pay for. We knew that would never happen, but apparently his supporters fell for it. The defense, And now they're trying to defend this. Um, the Defense Department projects it will lose $3.6 billion and includes schools and daycare for military families. A daycare center at Joint Base Andrews in Maryland is on the chopping block. Roads, maintenance shops, equipment storage buildings, and hazardous material warehouses will also not be built to defer, divert the funds. Uh, an equipment building needed at Fort Huachuca in Arizona will not get built. And even though appointed Republican Senator Martha McSally, she beat cinema. But then when McCain passed away, the governor, Douchey, his name's Doug Ducey, <laughs> we call him Douchey, appointed McSally, who lost the election, to, to take his seat temporarily. And now she's being um, challenged by uh, the husband of Gabrielle Giffords in, in mm. Tucson, former astronaut. That's cool. right. Uh, Mark Kelly. And so he's going to beat the shit out of her. He's yeah. wipe the floor with her butt. Um, so even though they uh, appointed her she promised no projects in her state would be affected by this but now she's saying well this project was delayed anyway so she's defending it also affected nearly two dozen projects overseas as part of the European Reassurance Initiative ERI Um, that was meant to push back on Russia after its annexation of Crimea that program was one of four things that the United States did to push back against Russia when it you know when it invaded Crimea um, the the four things were the European Deterrence Initiative or Reassur- Reassurance Initiative, which mm-hmm. is a, a, a kind of a re-establishing of the Deterrence Initiative. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the sanctions, um, kicking Russia out of the G8 and military assistance to Ukraine. And Trump's so, trying to undo them one by one. Yep. He defunded the um, Reassurance Initiative by diverting funds to the wall. He's trying to get Russia back into the G8. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we know what happened with sanctions, thanks to Flynn's phone calls to Kislyak. Uh, that he pleaded guilty to, by the way, uh, <laughs> and hasn't changed his plea yet, but it's uh, it's coming. I have beans on that. 
And then, of course, withholding the $250 million in assistance to Ukraine. And, and according to Washington Post, Trump is trying to force Zelensky, the new leader of Ukraine, to mm-hmm. intervene in the 2020 election by launching an investigation into Joe Biden. It seems like he's holding these funds up as leverage, hmm. uh, according to some uh, anonymous, anonymous sources. <laughs> um, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, that's <clears throat> fucked up. All four of those things that we did, Trump has totally. either undone or failed to implement in the first yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. Sanctions. That was the beginning of our podcast. <laughs> and then, yeah, you got the, the EDI, they call it. That's mm-hmm. the most recent thing, right? The ERI and the EDI. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then what were the other two again? It was um, G8. G8, yeah. Now he's trying to really push that. And Ukraine, uh, failing yeah. to fund Ukraine. Wow. Yeah, give aid to them. Uh, let's see here. Oh, Devin Nunes is back in the news. He's dropped a lawsuit and he filed another one. Jordan, mm-hmm. you're going to cover those yes. for us in Hot Notes. Indeed. Um, you are our Nunes reporter. Yep. <laughs> And uh, former White House counsel under President Obama, Greg Craig, was found not guilty of having two first names on Wednesday. (laughs) No, just kidding. Uh, His one count uh, of misleading the Justice Department about his lobbying work for Ukraine. Speaking of Ukraine, uh, his defense team for months has been complaining that Craig was charged to balance the scales in the Mueller probe, that he was a token Democrat to be charged. Remember when we... Sorry, who said that? uh, His defense team. Oh, okay. Um, Greg Craig's lawyers. Okay, weird. Saying he was the token Democrat. They felt like they had to get one Democrat because they had, you know, 300 plus felonies on republicans yeah <laughs> so they wow. they found the one they charged him with two things the judge dismissed one of those things and then the jury acquitted him on the other charge <laughs> um because it's interesting like you would only hear that argument in a jury trial mm, I yeah feel, and right? also because a judge is going to be like i don't fucking care these aren't facts right <laughs> and it's so funny to hear a white i assume a straight man to say he's tokenized i'm like wow i never thought about that angle like as a democrat i guess you could could feel that way i was like damn everybody can be tokenized everyone for can be something, tokenized yeah yeah uh but as you predicted jordan uh he did get off on a technicality i don't i don't think the defense that this was a um token you know thing to you know the token democrat was the reason mm-hmm. uh because uh, the statute of limitations is is the issue here. And the judge told the jury they could only find him guilty if they believed beyond a reasonable doubt that he concealed a material fact about his Ukraine work after October 3rd, 2013. Um, there was plenty of evidence that he lied before that. Uh, but the jurors said they did not have sufficient evidence that he lied after that. So mm-hmm. it was a technicality. Okay. He got off on. But that's the law. Yeah. So you got to draw the line somewhere. Yeah. So that's what's going on with him. All right. Yeah, I was wondering if it was something like that. Still guilty of two first names. Right. You lied, but you lied at the right time. So. <laughs> you didn't lie. You lied a week before. And he, yeah. he didn't have a fair violation charge either. It's just failing to disclose yep. stuff. Yeah. And one of them was similar. dismissed because... Similar bucket. Yeah, because apparently crimes. he wrote a letter to the Department of Justice that wasn't an official FARA filing that said right. he wasn't involved. Mm-hmm. And so the judge decided that since it was not an official FARA filing, they couldn't use it in this particular case for that particular charge. So they threw that charge out. Mm, interesting. But he definitely did lobby on behalf of Ukraine. And doesn't deny it. So, yeah, there's that. Mm. I wonder if people will come back with another lawsuit against him that's more specifically worded so that those sort of loopholes and technicalities cannot be won oh. by his defense team. I think that might be considered double jeopardy. Mm. Um, so unless it was a civil suit. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, I mean, maybe a group of uh, Ukrainians could sue him <laughs> for the wrongful information being disseminated about Tymoshenko. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm huh. not, because he, I don't think, I think double jeopardy would disallow you to try to, unless he was brought up on charges for failing to file um for, you know under Farah, right because yeah, he yeah. wasn't charged with that so 
I like Ooh. that uh, double jeopardy category. It could be like two first names for 500. <laughs> it's all just Greg Craig. Just Greg Craig. <laughs> so like in, a re- in the letter, he was saying that he did not participate in that work, right? I don't know what the letter says. Oh, got uh, it. But it was misleading. Got it, got uh, it. Okay. To the Department of Justice. And he said he didn't want to file an official FARA filing because he thought it could hurt his chances to be appointed to a high-powered job, a high-powered position in a future Democratic administration, and because I, he's former Obama White House counsel. And he's, that's not a good enough reason, right? I mean, even if it is true, it's not good. Okay, good. I just want to make yeah. sure. But he wasn't brought up on those charges, so. Yeah, interesting. interesting. Very interesting. And they can't bring him up on those charges now? I think they could. That's um, that's what I mean, yeah. something like oh. that. Or, or like specific, yeah, something that's more specific to what they know actually happened. Yeah. Unless they argued it's double jeopardy, because while it's a different count, it's the same set of circumstances. Yeah. Um, it's the same crime quote unquote if yeah. you're just calling it a different charge and I think double jeopardy protects against that too hmm. I'll have to ask Andrew Torres the next time I talk to him he knows all that stuff Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you guys we'll be right back in a minute with uh, an update on the old gang including Manafort, Flynn and Andrew Miller hey it's AG and I want to tell you about my new favorite shoes they're called Rothy's they are everyday flats they look good they feel great they're sustainable uh, they pack well and they transition perfectly from work to whatever you're doing after work or if you don't work, if you work from home, for when you put your shoes on to go outside of the house. They transition really well for that. Uh, so Rothy's comes in all kinds of colors and patterns. They're available in four different styles, including the point, the loafer, the flat, and the sneaker. I can literally wear them with anything. So I'll, you know, I'll wear them with my yoga pants. I'll wear them with um, suiting, uh, like a you know short skirt, long jacket type of a thing. I can wear them with jeans. Uh, I can wear them with anything. So. Uh, when we do live shows, I'm on my feet for hours, uh, usually at least three or four hours. And, and these are the only shoes I trust to get me through it. Otherwise, my knees start killing me. But these perfectly fine. Their support is incredible. They're so squishy and soft. I love them. Heels always, always cause knee pain. But these make me feel like I've been wearing slippers. So I like them very much. And they launch new colors every week. They continually sell out. Um, and I have one of each of the styles in black because I buy everything in black. And I, I wear them everywhere. And they pack really well. They're, they're you know, they're, they're breathable. They're machine washable. So my feet don't sweat and, they, you know, they go with literally everything. And you know how important sustainability is to us at Miller, she wrote. And I'm happy to say that they're made in a zero waste factory and they ship directly in the box, uh, in the shoe box. So there's no packing waste, which I love. And um, they're made from recycled plastic water bottles. And to date, they've diverted over 25 million bottles from uh, oceans and landfills. Jordan, you wear yours at work? Yes, they're very comfortable. Um, now I am a door guy at the comedy club, so I have to be on my feet for like six hours sometimes on the weekends each night, and they're super comfy. I honestly, truly wear them all the time. And Jaleesa, you constantly get compliments on your leopard print loafers. They're like your favorite shoes. Yeah, I love them so much, and they put all of my outfits together. It makes it look so fancy. Just without anything I wear, it goes with black a lot. Yeah, same and, thing. Like, yeah, I wear my yeah. yoga pants and a tank top, but I put those on, and I'm like, I'm kind of fancy right totally. now. Totally. Yeah, and they have an amazing deal right now for our listeners. If you use code AG at checkout, you'll get free shipping with no minimum. That's free shipping and free returns and exchanges on your Rothy's shoe, and trust me, you won't want to return them. Just go to rothys.com. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S. .com and enter AG to get your new favorite flats with free shipping. You'll be glad you did. Okay, Andrew Miller is back in the news this week. We found out uh, that we could have guessed that he'll be testifying for the prosecution in Roger Stone's upcoming trial, his former boss. Remember the good old days when, when he filed motions to get Mueller removed, mm-hmm. saying he wasn't <laughs> legitimately appointed, and, uh, and he lost all those motions? Uh, then he tried to defy the Mueller subpoena, and he spent a ton of money fighting it, only to lose that, too. So sad. <laughs> and he ended up testifying to the grand jury this past June, though, 
Uh, and remember, you can't use a grand jury for old charges, which is why we were assuming there'd be more indictments, superseding indictments on Stone or, or that we're going to indict Miller. Though I imagine they were investigating coordination with Russia and those charges never happened or they were handed off to the counterintelligence uh, units over at the FBI. Nor would they uh, bring additional charges at, because Barr was had been appointed. So I think it's all in the counterintel investigation now. And if it's still being investigated at all, I hope it is. But uh, Andrew Miller has been subpoenaed now to testify in Stone's trial for the prosecution. I'm very interested in what he has to say, though we have to remember this trial isn't about Russia at all. So, Yeah, and is he even credible, I wonder? If he made it this far, I guess in this case he must be. But I don't think there's... He's such a weirdo. There's not a lot of credible witnesses, but... Yeah, they, they'll take what they can get, I suppose. Yeah, because you remember when Gates testified at Manafort's trial and all the jurors were like, that guy's full of shit, mm-hmm. piece of shit, criminal, philandering asshole, yeah. money, <laughs> money stealer. Like, he even stole from Manafort. That's crazy. <laughs> like, to steal from a criminal. To like, pickpocket that ostrich call him a hero. Right? <laughs> <laughs> some, it, it, it reminds me of, like, when you watch on Cops, like, some guy calls the police because he gave somebody 20 bucks and didn't get his crack. You know? <laughs> Do you ever see that one? No, no I He calls the one. cops and he's like, I gave him 20 bucks and he wouldn't give me my drugs. And oh, the cops are all, God. we can't help you with an illegal transaction. Action. Oh my God. Also, um, you're then, under arrest. Oh, no. <laughs> also, uh, that's great. So that's what happens when you steal from criminals. Gates can't file a lawsuit against Manafort. Like I stole his laundered money. You can't. Yeah, you yeah. Know, he can't do that. I want my laundered money back. You I want my crack. <laughs> or Manafort couldn't sue him for taking his money either. Yeah, yeah. I want my crack. And uh, <clears throat> speaking of the old gang, we got a filing in the Manafort trial. Uh, as we predicted, he is fighting the charges brought against him in New York State using the double jeopardy defense. Manafort's lawyers also accused the Manhattan DA, Cy Vance, a Democrat, of filing a politically motivated lawsuit or politically motivated charges. A spokesperson for Vance declined to comment, but said they'll file their response by the October 9th deadline. Hmm. Uh, my beans are on some of these charges getting dismissed for double jeopardy but but a lot of them will remain because a lot of these aren't for anything that he's already been tried for right and then political <laughs> motivations is such a weird thing to to prove everyone technically has a political bias so yeah it has to be really strong not just some petty accusation <laughs> it does uh, it's just it's just because he happens to be a democrat mm-hmm. that exactly gonna, that can't be enough in that case you could sue anyone for being a democrat <laughs> and having decisions yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh they intend to Oh. oh, yeah, I bet that's their plan. The master plan is to sue every Democrat in the world. <laughs> we'll get so rich, guys. <laughs> yeah, lucky. God, unfortunately, your enemies are freaking good people that are not immensely wealthy billionaires. Right, right. That's true. Typically. Unless Typically. you're just going after Warren Buffett or something. Yeah. yeah. Jeff Bezos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Warren Buffett. It makes me think of Eat the Rich because his name is like Buffet, but Buffet. he's a good one. Warren yeah. Buffett. Oh. Please don't eat Warren Buffett. <laughs> All you can eat. Mixed messages, yeah. (laughs) It's in the wrong one. And uh, (laughs) what update on the old gang wouldn't be complete without an update on Flynn? Uh, As we know, last week, Flynn filed a claim that prosecutors were withholding exculpatory evidence under the Brady rules uh, in his case, calling Mueller's team's actions pernicious. Mm. Um, So they had a thesaurus that day. (laughs) And they asked the judge to hold the prosecution in contempt for not meeting their discovery obligations and complained that the government has not given his lawyer security clearance. Flynn also accused Mueller of putting excruciating pressure on him to plead guilty and then that they manipulated the press to extort the plea from Flynn. So there, he's actually accusing Mueller of manipulating the press to extort a plea from Flynn. Wow. And I wonder if this has to do with his son or something. Because remember when we came out 
um, on our, our very first episode and said, I bet if Flynn's sons doesn't doesn't get indicted, if Flynn's son is let off the hook, then that means he's cooperating because right. they probably said, we'll leave your kid alone if you... Mm-hmm. If you, if you yeah. yeah, they just have too loose of a definition of manipulation and extortion, it seems. It's like, <laughs> they're like, yeah, I'm a victim, but like, to what degree, really? <laughs> like a seven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seems a little high. So to me, this is a clear sign uh, to me. Uh, this is just conjecture that he's going to try to withdraw his guilty plea. Uh, I, I tweeted that out the day that I found out that he fired his prosecutor, his former lawyers, not prosecutors, his former lawyers and hired. Uh, then we later learned that he hired Sidney Powell. And I was like, aha, because she's a huge Mueller conspiracy theorist nut job. <laughs> and Flynn says in the filing that the crux of his case is based on anti-Trump texts between Strzok and Page, calling it the government's most stunning suppression of evidence. Uh, a Mueller prosecutor apparently sent the lawyers a link to the texts when they were made public last year. <laughs> Interesting. What about the Hillary text, too? Didn't they, like, shit on everyone? Yeah, Sanders. They probably shit on Mueller Shrewd if we were cool enough to them. <laughs> yeah, if, if, if we existed back then. Oh, that too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and this past Thursday, the judge had a secret ex parte hearing in closed session, meaning it was just a meeting with Flynn and his lawyers about the security clearance request um, from Flynn's lawyers, Sidney Powell. But the court said in a minute order about the hearing that it intends to resolve the motion to compel production of the Brady material before it addresses the security clearance. Nothing else has come out about this. It's outside of what is in that minute order. Order, which is just basically that uh, but there's another hearing September 10th so that's tomorrow a couple well a couple of days from now mm-hmm. uh, but yeah I just thought it was really interesting that they're like stunning suppression of evidence in the struck page text and I'm like they were made public yeah it sounds clickbaity by like <laughs> and they're they I guess they didn't like that I kind of snarky that they're like we need these texts and they just sent a link to the public disclosure of the texts and yeah maybe they felt that that was a little bit snarky and what if mm. okay I, I'm just saying what if we release the text messages of the people that are accusing struck and you know of something oh they are text messages yeah I'm like because mm. they're in positions of power too and they could be accused of having bias in this whole thing so let's see what they've been texting about Peter struck <laughs> like I'm sure there's a FOIA request in for it oh yeah and if not that should be our like call to action today everybody's submit a FOIA request <laughs> for all these assholes sex messages uh, I haven't even looked at the FOIA request documents but it's probably a pain in the ass knowing yeah, the government. yeah and if it works I'll send mine out to you you get a bunch of news but I think it's worth the sacrifice I think so too so put some beans on him withdrawing his guilty plea I think that's where it's going they're, yeah, they're, yeah. they're gearing up to say that he was forced to plead guilty and that the, the, the documents that he filed weren't you know were signed by his lawyer and he didn't get a chance to read them and that they coerced him and extorted him by manipulating the media that's going to be their whole defense yeah it's a bit of a stretch but I mean so much privilege I feel like they might actually believe they have a shot yeah and I'm wondering if he'll be brought up on the charges that he was never brought up on in the first place but of course <laughs> Barr is in charge of whether or not that happens so that's right mm. Oh my god! All Everything is so messy right now. It is, yeah. It's and really then there's freaking impeachment proceedings going on on the other side. It's just like so freaking non congruent and mm-hmm. messed up. I feel like a lot of this is going to be postponed until after the election, yeah. until we have a new Department of Justice, so that you don't file and fail, uh, and then you can't file again because of double jeopardy. So I think maybe they're going to total sense. That's just putting some beans and on, on that and on top but... of that if not just for that reason they could t- use the excuse of I don't want to interfere with an election so we're going to pause this for now just like Comey did right or the FBI did with certain things well Comey not... did the opposite of that right right <laughs> yeah okay so the FBI but yes yeah, yes yeah. exactly or that or just like they did to the Democrats with the Supreme Court pick mm-hmm. totally yeah and that, there's a new lawsuit filed in that too um, there's a, a group of people who are suing McConnell and Grassley for basically Con- they want them to be found in contempt of the Constitution for not holding confirmation hearings on Merrick Garland. Mm-hmm. Wow, so that that's interesting. I don't know if that's, 
I don't know if that's a bring it all back reparations, Mary Carlin. I don't know if that's issues, all the hits. That might be like kind of a frivolous lawsuit. I'm not sure. I've just sort of heard in circles that it's like it was so long ago. Yeah, there are so many frivolous things happening though that are going to court. I'm like, why not? Why not that one? But I'm also always like, how could what could we have done differently? It seems like a total violation of the Constitution to not at least have confirmation hearings on a on a Supreme Court nomination by Obama because it's in the last year and a half of his presidency or whatever. Right. Even though McConnell has said that if somebody if Trump is reelected or if somebody between now and the reelection uh, retires from the Supreme Court or dies, that he would seat a judge, even totally. though it's in the. So it's you know we'd have to probably penalize double standard. Reed. It'll come yep. down to Henry Reed right? or Harry Reed. What's his name? The one that was in charge with when the first filibuster, I think. Uh, oh, when he went nuclear on, yeah. on federal judges. Right, right. But not SCOTUS. Because Garland, yeah, wasn't the first one that I think like Democrats were just getting a taste of their own medicine at that point. Yeah, but that was SCOTUS and not federal judgeships. Okay. I see um, the difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Uh, it's a little, little different. Yeah. Could be I, a different I approach. Definitely wouldn't blame Democrats for that. But yes, he did go nuclear on federal judgeships. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Mother Jones this week published a piece about new information that uh, it, it found on the mysterious $50 million loan Trump has never explained that could be evidence of tax fraud. There's a $50 million loan that he claims he owes one of his own companies, but that might that might be part of a tax fraud scheme called debt parking. So according to Mother Jones, here's what's known about the debt um, publicly. On his annual financial disclosure forms, Trump has listed a $50 million debt to a company called Chicago Unit Acquisition LLC, a company wholly owned by Trump. Uh, but the company... Um, <laughs> what? I'm surprised he just <laughs> call it Trump LLC. Why is he hiding that one? You got to name it something else. <laughs> Summer breeze. That probably happens all the time, though. That's just so confusing to me. How mm-hmm. can you be in debt to your own company? The company, though, earns no revenue and has no value. He listed it as no value, but the company is owed fifty million, so it would have a value of at least that. Huh. Further, the loan type from here, Trump, though. Yeah, from Trump. Okay. What he kind lent of it circle fuck is this? Circle fuck. It's it's <laughs> really interesting. Uh, the loan type here is a springing loan, also known as a bad boy loan, which is for high risk borrowers and allows uh, the lender to Im- impose harsh repayment terms if certain criteria aren't met. And those aren't the types of loans that you give yourself. Hmm. Okay. And debt parking is basically purchasing a debt through a corporation and parking it within an entity to temporarily avoid realizing income. <sighs> Debt parking is permissible as long as you intend to repay the loan so that someone realizes the tax. Uh, but parking it indefinitely with no intention of repaying it violates federal tax law, according to tax experts. And many think that's what's going on here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even more weirdly, the transaction that Trump did with the lender was dis- was a discounted payoff and not a purchase of the loan. This is Deutsche Bank, which means there have been no there there may have been no loan to buy, which means Trump could have invented the loan himself and then what? parked it. So the question remains, did Trump create a bogus loan to evade a tax bill on $50 million of income? Probably one of a thousand reasons he doesn't want us to see his bank records and tax statements. That is some sketchy shit. And how long has this been in, you know, parked? Uh, several years. So, yeah, um, I was wondering what their like threshold will be for that as, yeah. and determine like if it's indefinitely. I don't even think that there's a like timeline they yeah. just gotta decide They're they like, just All right, think, guys. it seems like you're parking this. yeah he's really pushing it it's <laughs> called know. what loan parking debt parking oh debt dead parking yeah, yeah. okay debt he's parking. gonna get a debt parking ticket hey. <laughs> yeah so, for 50 million yeah yeah think well taxes on it's like 50 monopoly million. real life monopoly yeah yeah he's in that uh what do you call it parking free parking free yeah. parking mm-hmm. yeah there we go mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he did not win second prize in a beauty contest. <laughs> but he did have a pageant. <laughs> it all makes sense. Oh, my God. Please go to jail. 
And this one's interesting uh, and totally expected. Uh, Bill Barr wrote an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal this week demanding an end to nationwide injunctions that, in his word, empower lone sympathetic judges. So, for instance, when a judge blocks a Trump rule that would ban Muslim travel or end asylum protections, you know, when he just makes these rules, Barr wants uh, those to stop. He wants judges to stop blocking those, saying it gives the judiciary too much power. Interesting. So he's like uh, not talking about the power that the president is wielding, right, right, right. by not using gives Congress to judiciary too much yeah, power. Gives the judiciary too much power. Where are we going to fall when all of this is done? Like as far as the checks and balances of power and all that, how tipped is it going to be before we think we're doing an election? Because yeah, that's where we got to vote. We still have like four hundred days. That's a lot of days. Yeah, this stuff moves pretty slowly. Hell. So yeah. I think we can. Uh, hold everything up and show everything up for a minute until we vote them out get a new department of justice in there get some so. rules but give some teeth to these ethics norms that that aren't really rules at all mm-hmm. but it will have to wait until after the election for those things to happen just mm-hmm. because of the if way he things gets freaking kicked out i hope so before the election or after or at, well i after, hope he gets right? voted out yeah yeah because yeah. Impeachment before Sometimes that I get wary right? when we, yeah, well, yes. And then I get wary sometimes when we talk so, like, confidently that he's going to get voted out. Oh, that too. That's why I'm afraid that if we don't at least try to get him out before then, then we'll definitely. But, I mean, he's going to use the impeachment argument regardless. So the people that argue that we shouldn't give him ammo, he already has it. It's I true. don't want him to be removed from office before the election. Well, a lot of people think that too, right? Because they say that the people should decide. That and he can get pardoned by Pence. Oh, mm-hmm. so he can't get pardoned either way? Or like okay if he just gets out of office then he can just get you know criminally prosecuted by any of these other states the new democratic president could pardon him but it's a lot less likely than pence that makes sense Pence would definitely pardon him for all current and future crime he yeah. would do what ford did when it when took yeah over for nixon if he gets impeached for sure he would get pardoned <clears throat> by pence if he gets impeached if he and gets removed voted out then it's if whoever. he resigns mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people are saying and i have beans on this that about 20 minutes before you know election day he'll resign mm. and then Pence will pardon him, and then he'll be voted out of office. Yeah. That's kind of what I think is going to happen. Interesting. <clears throat> That'd be a very Trumpian way to go out. Not quite barricading himself, but still with pride. Mm-hmm. He can say, this is on my terms. The good thing, I suppose, <clears throat> if there's a silver lining to any of this, is that um, New York attorneys general uh, and district attorneys could still prosecute him because you can't pardon State crimes. State crimes. Right. And what's his plan for that? He's got to be working on something. Fleeing to Moscow, Russia. probably. Yeah, yeah. No, I believe it. That <laughs> yeah. would not be, like, shocking at all. No. So, yeah, Bill Barr wants to limit the powers of the judiciary. Shocker. <laughs> uh, and we just learned about the another... branch that he oversees. Uh, well, no, he oversees the executive branch. Okay, because he's Trump's lawyer. Or the, the lawyer of the people, I guess, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the judges are a separate branch. But the attorney general is looking over the Department of Justice. Right, but Which not has effects the judiciary on... branch. It does have effects. Right, on right, right, yeah. right, right. So, like yeah. the Southern District of New York, you know, all of the U.S. Attorney's offices, he he does. Oversee oh, that would all that seem too. like a big overlap. Yeah, yeah, but then it's separate from the ma- the top judges. I'm guessing big they're, they're shitty all... Venn diagram. Yeah, yes. it's like one of those Sharpie things that Trump would draw. Like it's got so many different like parts to it. I imagine. Maybe it's just hard to explain what's happening in my head right now, but I see the Supreme Court is like a separate thing, but then the federal courts being under bar. Is that what you guys are thinking? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. yeah. So, so when start, you say judiciary goes to the Supreme Court, yes. has to go through the federal courts. Right, right. But when you're so when you're saying judiciary, you're talking about the Supreme Court. No, I'm I'm, I'm saying there there are overlaps. Oh but, yeah. But you can't. He's not. He's more executive. Right. Than judiciary, but all of the federal courts fall yeah i guess i more mean like as a person and in his capacity of his role 
Yeah. He's supposed to be an advocate for justice in general. <laughs> oh, that's for sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. He's the top cop. Top cop. Mm-hmm. The big cheese. <laughs> the head honcho. He'll never make it this soup. Never. Not one chance in a million. Yeah, I know, I know. But it's his ship now, his command. He's in charge. Boss, head man, top dog, big cheese, a head honcho. Captain, number Lunas. Uh, and we just learned about another investigation into Trump that I didn't know about. Uh, and this is the military spending at his Turnberry Golf Course in Scotland. Apparently, the Air National Guard has stopped there a couple times on their way to and from Kuwait recently and spent their entire government per diem at Trump's property at Turnberry. Congress is investigating this now and uh, was apparently tipped off when they noted the Department of Defense had spent over $11 million refueling at uh, Prestwick Airport close to Turnberry. Hmm. $11 million since October 2017 which costs way more than refueling at a military base. Uh, Natasha Bertrand from uh, Politico has says this might be our, our military. It might be our military that's keeping Turnberry afloat because in 2017, they were almost $4 million in the red, that golf course. <laughs> but in 2018, since all these military trips have happened, they're $3 million in the black. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, jo- I wish you guys could have seen Jordan's face just now. Just the, the biggest Liz Lemon eye roll of, of the universe just happened across the table. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, so um, four million in debt to three million in the black. Not sketchy at all. Not sketch. Totally sketch. sketch. I wonder how planned these things are. Are they just like you know free for all, go wherever you know Trump properties, or, or is it just a matter of I don't know, like strategizing? It's strategizing. It's there's there's aides there's aides who are saying now that he's he's suggested you know that that Pence stay at uh, Doombag when he was in Ireland right. when he stayed across the island yeah, uh, yeah. from his meetings which he had to take yeah. Air Force to back and forth to. Well I mean you can just look at where these folks stayed before Trump was in office. It was not Trump properties. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Good no point. they didn't and they, they they have this in evidence. All the trips before they stop at U.S. military bases uh, because they can refuel there on the cheap and it's free for them to stay there mm-hmm. and it's you know not out of the way on the way to Kuwait you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're going to stop in Scotland instead of you know our base in London or mm-hmm. um, Centcom in Qatar or anywhere else. You yeah, know? he might be milking this in preparation, like you said, AG, to, to either resign or just, you know, prepare to be gone. Because <laughs> he didn't do this before, right? He wasn't so actively. I mean, he had people buying from his properties and staying and things like that. But this seems a lot more out there, right? I this think he different. was, but I think he has been. We've just, we're yeah. not finding out about it. Oh, okay. Through these investigations in Congress. Oh, that's what it is. Okay, okay. He just has everybody stay there. Mm-hmm. Like, people who are in our government, not in our government, foreign adversaries, mm-hmm. like, he, there's just people staying at his properties all the time. But, like, as a government employee, I have a per diem for lodging and for food, and it's, like, $228 per day in certain cities. I think mostly at D.C. is what I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. And so... The government pays that bill whenever I travel um, because I'm traveling for work. And so I guess what's happening and I want I'm really interested to see the documents on this and what they're charging because the 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 people who are staying there in the Air National Guard, one of them has said under, you know, cloak of anonymity that they were their their per diems weren't enough to cover all the charges at, at, at the Turnberry Resort. And they were just basically the entire per diem per soldier or per National Guardsman was going or woman was going toward it was going right into the the Trump property. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> now, if, I mean, if, if Trump was like, you can stay there for free. OK, that's cool. That's saving us. Right. Money, but but that's automatically not having happened. it sent there like a credit or something of the sort. Like it's well, per- just the, their per diem. Right. But saying it's going towards it in what way? How do they enforce that? 
I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know what you mean. You're saying they're suggesting that they stay there, or they're 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 making their per diem go to these places, or they're just they're staying there, and right. so that that place Trump's Trump's place gets the per diem mm-hmm. instead of like a Renaissance oh. Inn. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. money goes to them, right? Yep. But uh-huh. they're all they're doing is just suggesting they go, right? They're just saying, hey, go to this place. They're we don't know. Them. Oh, okay. But that's what the that's what Congress is uh, uh, looking into because they they have said that it was suggested for Pence at least to stay at mm-hmm. Dunebag in Ireland, so it's not unheard of. That Trump is forcing them to stay at his golf course in yeah. Turnberry so that he can, instead of having a four million in the red year, he can have a three million in the black year. Right, right. Surely he could just even suggest that they stay there because he can make cheaper rates or something. So oh, then they yeah. could rationally explain why they would choose a Trump property, like because it's the cheapest. The perks. Maybe that yeah, that could be a that thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. But usually the per diem doesn't meet the what it costs to stay there anyway. Right. So so if let's say a trip would cost the military, you know, eight hundred and sixty thousand dollars, that's what you're going to get, whether you stay at a Trump property or at a residence. <laughs> yeah, that's inn. true. And so Trump and is then getting you just the get money. The pocket. Oh, I see what you're saying. It's more expensive to stay at his place, is it? Right. But okay, the, yeah, the per diem yeah. is set. So yeah. whatever it is, if it costs like you're not saving the government any money because it's pre allocated no. funds. But it's all going yeah. to Trump instead of some other somebody else. place. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that's yeah. what that's what they're thinking, and that's what they're investigating. Definitely a sketch, yeah. Sketch or not, sketch. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys, we'll be right back with Hot Notes. Hey, it's AG with Muller She Wrote, and I want to thank Beta Brand for making the most amazing pair of pants I've ever had in my whole life. Um, when we were on the road, we travel a lot. Um, Beta Brand dress pants, yoga pants are comfortable. They travel, they pack well, they're breathable, they're stretchy, they're comfy, they're professional. So I can feel like I'm wearing yoga pants, but look like I'm wearing work pants. So I can talk to like former U.S. attorneys and you know former acting directors of the FBI and whatnot. No names. Uh, but Beta Brand not only looks amazing, but like I said, they are comfortable as anything you'll ever wear. They're, they're comfortable as yoga pants. You can do yoga in them. They're so comfortable. They come in different styles. They have a boot cut, skinny, cropped, and straight leg. And uh, while usually all my clothes are all black, they do come in all kinds of colors, including your standards, like khaki, black, navy, and gray. But they also have seasonal and limited edition colors, So they and they release those monthly. Uh, so these pants are made of super soft, breathable, four-way stretch knit fabric. They're tagless, so there's no itchy tag. They're wrinkle resistant, so they pack well. And they have incredible details like real belt loops, pockets, buttons, faux zippers. I love pockets. Uh, so me personally, I used to buy all my suiting from the standard places. Uh, and without fail, I'd be pinched or uncomfortable or they wouldn't be breathing. I'd be hot and, and I'd be sitting in a meeting and the tag would be really bothering me. And then, you know, you go to rip out the tag and then you put a hole in your pants and then you're just mad. So none of that anymore. Uh, I replaced all my pants with Beta Brand Dress Pant Yoga Pants, and now I'm comfortable and stretchy all day. I can do some yoga and stretching uh, while I'm at the office so that, you know, I can kind of break my day up a little bit and stay focused. And I, I just can't say enough amazing things about these pants. So head to betabrand.com AG, all lowercase, to get 20% off yours. I can't say enough amazing things about these pants, so head to betabrand.com slash AG, all lowercase, and get 20% off your first pair. That's betabrand.com slash AG for 20% off the most comfortable pants you'll ever wear to work. All right, welcome back. Hot notes. Okay, so today, Jordan, you have an update on Nunez. But first, Jaleesa, tell us about the crazy shit Trump did this weekend. (laughs) Yeah, so this week we learned from NBC News that Trump is calling off his peace negotiations with the Taliban. He tweeted that he was scheduled to have a secret meeting at Camp David with the Taliban and Afghan president this week, even though that wouldn't make the meeting so secret anymore. (laughs) But apparently it was so secret that Trump didn't even tell the people invited about it until it was canceled. And the reason Trump claims he rescinded his hypothetical offer was because 
There was a Taliban attack in Kabul on Thursday that left 12 people killed and 42 injured, including one U.S. service member. So Trump tweeted, quote, I immediately canceled the meeting and called off peace negotiations. What kind of people would kill so many in order to seemingly strengthen their bargaining position if they cannot agree to a ceasefire during these very important peace talks and would even kill 12 innocent people? Then they probably don't have the power to negotiate a meaningful agreement anyways. However, the Afghan government said they were shocked when Trump dropped the peace talks. So was Pakistan, Qatar, or Qatar, and Norway, who were also big supporters of the peace negotiations. But the Afghan president did say their government has, quote, always said that a real peace is possible only when the Taliban stops killing people, accept a ceasefire, and start direct negotiations with the Afghan government. Also, a spokesperson for the president said the government of Afghanistan appreciates the sincere efforts of its allies in peace and its commitment to working together with the U.S. and other allies in the future to bring a sustainable peace. So basically, even though the Afghan government is pissed at Trump, they still seem to be hopeful that he'll change his mind about this. And a lot of other countries are relying on it, too. So, I mean, the Taliban's going to keep killing. <laughs> That's kind of their Yeah, that thing. was the thing. What kind of people, Trump says, what kind of people do this? It's the Taliban. Right. Mm-hmm. And also the U.S. kills people all the time, not to mention. But I, I just feel like... Sure, he, but to be surprised that and the Taliban... This one killing, not to say that it's it's anyone should be killed, but this one service member versus all the other service members that have been killed. It's like, what about this Since in we invaded Afghanistan after 9-11. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it about the fact that it's during the talks that people are still killing or the Taliban still killing or during the week of 9-11? Like, is he just trying to do it for optics? Yeah, but talk about the week of 9-11. He was going to sit down and negotiate with terrorists during Another the week of 9-11, thing. which is also kind of a knife and twist thing to have on them U.S. At, soil. Yes, right. Camp David. That's crazy, right? And he tweeted in 2012, at the, you know, Obama's going to be trying to put a deal together with Afghanistan and the Taliban. Unbelievable. We don't negotiate with terrorists. Ugh. Oh, that's so confusing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the yeah. Taliban, just to be clear, they weren't the ones that actually did 9-11, no, right? No, I'm but glad they you said that. Were... I was just going to say no, that. No, you're right to bring them up, just though. Just strictly I... talking about acts of terrorism. Totally. And, and the fact that they did help kind of, um, I think, like stop or, or hinder the investigations against al-Qaeda, right, when, when the U.S. was going after uh, Osama bin Laden. So they were, you know, assisting al-Qaeda, but no, they weren't the ones. Um, it's still crazy that they were going to be here. Like, you wouldn't want someone that helped do one of the craziest. And he didn't write that tweet either. Did you notice how oh, well well thought out that tweet that's a was? Good point. Yeah, yeah. He didn't write that tweet. Yeah, no, there's no way. I think it was Stephen Miller. Oh, oh god, cheese. Gross. Yeah, yeah. I wonder who all has the uh, the passwords to that. And it hasn't been hacked yet. Even Jack from uh, Twitter got hacked. I bet there's someone who changes his password every day to Maybe. one of those big, long, crazy passwords. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kofefe24. 24. I don't know. Just try a bunch of no, random. No, Kofefe69. There we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at AOL at angelfires. Oh, my God. Yeah. Tweet us your favorite, yeah, Trump passwords. We'll just try them all. <laughs> I do think that, obviously, peace negotiations are a positive thing um, in general, but I think it's... Um, it is tricky when you're doing it with the group directly and not just the Afghan president. Cause yeah, maybe, maybe on U.S. soil, too. Like, yeah. usually you go over and you go, I don't know, like a neutral zone of some kind. Right. So, something that's more symbolic around the whole go thing. Go to the Seychelles. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yes. Have Anywhere, a meeting there. But here, and then also, like you said, baby steps. Start with maybe not the terrorists themselves, but someone who's working with the terrorists or trying to, which the Afghan president seems to be trying to do. It's like he has a different relationship with them. Why are they all in the same room? <laughs> yeah, I have no problem with with 
the U.S. meeting peace with the Taliban and Afghanistan to negotiate a peace and right. a withdrawal solution for our troops in Afghanistan. Right. No problem with that. The weird thing is, is that it was a secret and then it was a not a secret because <laughs> he tweeted it out and that it was going to take place on U.S. soil mm-hmm. and it was going to take place the week of 9-11. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's just all a little odd. And it seems like a smokescreen to me mm-hmm. um, that, you know, and I, I get it. I, you can at me if you want. You're talking about this. You're just, just distraction. I'm like, I honestly think that this is news. Even if it's just the news that it's a distraction or it just seems completely fabricated and totally made up. Yeah. <clears throat> and it clearly wasn't t- tweeted by Trump. Right. Yeah. Uh, that. Uh, but I mean, obviously, he allowed it because he's Trump. But uh, it just seems like there's so many other things going on. For example, like the Air Force stuff at Turnberry, um, this this whole new thing that's going to start coming up this week with the impeachment stuff, which I'm getting ready to talk about. It just seems like. Something like just to put something out there so people can go, oh God, you yeah, know? to overwhelm them and to not call it a distraction, <clears throat> to not call it what it is, would would be a win for him. You mm-hmm. know, for us to be so frustrated that we just not even mention it, that would be worse, in right? My opinion, yeah. I could see him in his head thinking, though, the week of 9-11, I'm going to have some secret meeting that's going to go great for peace negotiations, and I'll be able to come out at the end of it and say. Happy 9-11 anniversary. Oh, I've solved he, global terrorism. Yeah, I could intended- imagine. I wonder. Do you- yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past that being a thought that crossed. But didn't like point. Pompeo or Bolton be like, not on U.S. soil, bro? So maybe that's what happened. Maybe he did plan it, and then someone talked him out of it. But he never got around to telling the people he was supposed to invite that it was going to happen. <laughs> like that's actually plausible. But yeah. I still also think that he could have pretended to have the meeting yeah. the day that he decided to cancel it for optics. The same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you're, you want to keep bombing where I'm going to pretend that I was going to invite you guys to this place, but really, mm-hmm. just for, for the same reason, just to make it too. look like, yeah, he took a stand. be interested to hear from the Afghan president. Yeah. yeah well, so, yeah. Uh, no, we, we weren't, I never got an invite. Exactly, uh, that's what they said. They're <laughs> yeah. really pissed. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, did they say that? Oh, did absolutely. They respond? Yeah, we, yeah. We didn't even know they that, had that no was idea. a thing. I also think with the Taliban, I was listening, I forgot what program I was listening to, but in in terms of their continued acts of violence, that's essentially their only political capital, really, mm-hmm. are, are these, like, acts of violence, and it's kind of, um, I mean, it's, usually you agree to a ceasefire if you are going to negotiate, I think that's that's normal also. Totally. But, I don't know, that's like, that's literally, like you were saying, that IG, it's literally what the Taliban does, so to act like that's such a... The, yeah, it, they're not like a typical... It's awful, obviously, it's fucking awful, and it's horrible, and it's sad, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, it's like, it's not atypical. He's just the worst person to do this. And I I get it. He's the president we have. I'm aware. But I also feel like it's so important to just focus on getting him out than it is to try to put energy into, like, making it so that, like, we commend him for, for doing his best. Because his best is still really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And that's important to mention. It's not like he's just an average Joe. He's, like, less than average in so many ways, morally speaking and financially. He's, like, one of the brokest people in the world, or has been. I just think it's crazy that he is the president. But I I don't think that's a reason, like, to just... Like, I won't accept it. It's so hard to be like, well, I guess it's just tough. And I know he wants to... He wants a win, like mm-hmm. a military win, and any president would. But he, I still can't get my head wrapped around that no. he's in the room. I know. That's still crazy to me. I know. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, this. like, let's stop that. Like, don't let it continue. There's hardly any qualified people that would even be in that room at this point. True, mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. 
And, and, and we do know, uh, like you said, Julissa, it was Al-Qaeda mm-hmm. that uh, orchestrated 9-11, not yes. the Taliban. We've, we also, if you didn't know that, you learned it really well in that debate where Tulsi Gabbard took Tim Ryan to task for saying, uh, you know, the Taliban attacked us. And she goes, yeah. dude, no, it was Al-Qaeda. Right. Made him look like a total idiot. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's a common misconception in America, too. And Taliban yeah. was there before we invaded Afghanistan. Um, but, right. But, you know, the, the whole, and again, I am totally uh, fine with negotiating a, a peace treaty with the Taliban and Afghanistan so we can allow our troops to withdraw. But it has been a Republican phrase, bumper sticker, if you will, talking point. We don't negotiate with terrorists. Yes. Yeah, so there's that confusing point and, and also him being the wrong person. It's just, yeah, the whole thing's a clusterfuck. But you're right. Them being hypocritical is another big factor of it. Yeah, I would be evaluating this very differently from various angles if he was a different person. Right. For yeah. sure. Totally different Because Obama tried for to now. do this too. Yeah. Uh, but not on U.S. soil and not during the week of 9-11. Right. <laughs> but, you know. Important details, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think not. Ne- I I think it's a good general rule to not negotiate with people who 100% have committed acts of terrorism on U.S. soil. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good rule. Right, mm-hmm. right. Or assisted think, in that anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, they have probably committed a ton of things on U.S. soil. But he's fine with like what Kim Jong Un does. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which and is Putin. so again very hypocritical. Yeah. It's just it's just an odd foreign policy that makes zero sense. Um. So there's hmm. got to be some like vain angle to it. I understand it, Turnberry. It's <laughs> possible. He wants a big 9-11 victory, and he's not going to get it now. No. I don't uh, know what he, he needs was. something going into the election, because the economy now, the jobs gro- job numbers came out for uh, August. They were low, 130,000. Apparently 25,000 of those are census jobs. So job growth has slowed considerably. That kind of matches up with the yield curve inverting a few times and then closing inverted uh, once last week. And he's, of course, he's blaming the Fed and Jerome Powell saying, where'd this guy come from? Uh, You hired him. Uh, (laughs) First uh, Fed chair without a degree in economics. um, Thanks. And uh, blaming him for not, you know, for raising rates too fast, Mm -hmm. um, et cetera. So he if he loses the economy as something to run on. And he doesn't come up with something else like uh, invading Iraq or uh, starting, you know, starting war with Iraq or uh, uh, some sort of peace treaty with North Korea. I almost said North Dakota. (laughs) (laughs) North Dakota peace, North Korea peace treaty or something big or, you know, patriotic. He's going to be effed in the A, but we still have to turn up to vote. So totally make sure you're there. I'm hoping it's like one of the biggest turnouts. I was going to say that's the plus side of all this chaos is the resistance is it's trying to match it. But the fact that we are dealing with arguably one of the worst presidents for America in the history of America, like whether you're a racist or not, <laughs> it's just bad for you. <laughs> yeah, I think Cause even the even the pros of being like a racist Trump supporter does not weigh out the cons of his idiocracy like in every other area. So, mm, yep, just keep suppressing that education so nobody can figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, in case you haven't heard, the Democrats are going to vote this week on a resolution to change the rules of the committee. Uh, and sources familiar with the vote are framing this as the first step to impeachment, because that's exactly what they did during the Watergate hearings. Of course, many Democrats are saying the the phrasing was overblown and they're downplaying it, saying this is just a tool to help them investigate. But semantics aside, setting up committee rules mimicking both Clinton and Nixon's impeachment <laughs> is a kind of a glaring clue. <laughs> Uh, but to me, so was filing lawsuits. You know, when they said this is the first step, everyone's saying this is a first step toward impeachment. I think the first step was the lawsuits they filed invoking Article One powers of impeachment. Totally. <clears throat> they've been they've been on this for a while. Now there's been on this for a while. That's what I called opening an impeachment inquiry. Everyone's reporting that they're going to vote Wednesday. But since that's 9-11, I feel like they'll move it to Thursday or have it Tuesday. 
um, these rules that they're voting on include allowing evidence to be discussed by the panel in closed session, which indicates the panel wants to protect confidential or classified information, such as perhaps grand jury material. Uh, as we know, the Judiciary Committee has appealed to a federal judge to get the underlying evidence and grand jury material that informed Mueller's investigation. They've asked Barr for them, but he's ignored it. Um, <clears throat> the rules would also allow Trump's lawyers to respond in writing to any evidence or testimony the panel receives. Not a hint of impeachment at all. <laughs> but probably the best part uh, is the panel is going to allow lawyers to question witnesses like they did in Watergate, where they had two lawyers, one for the Dems and one for the Republicans, questioning the witnesses instead of the five minutes apiece shit. Nice. Uh, and if any of you know me, you know that this makes me incredibly happy. I was screaming for this during the Mueller testimony, and they let me down. Um, that we wouldn't have had that Ken Buck moment where that surprised us all when Mueller said, uh, "Yeah, he would he could arrest Trump when he leaves office." Yeah, we needed that, and Mueller was just the primer. I mean, I know it's like the whole reason we have the podcast, but it was really just the foreplay to what's got to come next. The right? beginning, I would imagine. Yeah, and the five minutes of peace thing is just a terrible way to conduct an investigation. Nobody follows up with anything because they don't want to use their time for anything other than their gotcha moments that they've tried to plan. Uh, we still don't know if the House is going to vote on opening an uh, official impeachment inquiry. I doubt it, since we have a ton of Democrats who won in red or purple districts in 2018, and we don't want to commit to the capital I impeachment word. Right. Plus, as we know, a couple of months ago, the House passed a resolution saying they don't need a full House vote to take things to court. The committees can go straight there, and that might actually apply to opening formal impeachment hearings, but it might not. Uh, there's nothing in the Constitution that says you have to formally pass a resolution to open an impeachment inquiry. You can just start. And that's how they've done it in the past, though. They said they voted on a resolution to open an official impeachment inquiry. Mm -hmm. um, they could hold all these hearings without declaring it anything other than an investigation. <laughs> but as we've said, this is all just semantics at this point. In the last court filings, as I mentioned earlier, including the one for the grand jury material, they used the word impeachment, saying they need evidence to determine if they're going to draw up articles of impeachment on the president. And we are invoking our full power under the first article of the Constitution, Article 1 powers. Right. Impeachment, impeachment, impeachment. That is an impeachment inquiry to yes. me. I agree. And I feel like we're probably differing from the Watergate scandal in the sense that we're so polarized that they can't say straight up that they're formally doing it the way they did back then, like you were saying, because of the purple districts and whatnot. So they're doing the best they can. And the whole thing might just be an informal investigation, but with the same results, right? I mean, it's actually sort of exactly the same, because you can call it impeachment if you want or not, but that's what it is. And, and now setting up these committee rules, just like Watergate, is another sign. And this is what they did during Watergate as well. The committee set up these rules two weeks after the Saturday Night Massacre. And the Saturday Night Massacre was October 20th, 1973. So early November 1973, um, the, the committee uh, put these rules in place, which is the one they're trying to pass this week. Then they held hearings. And they did not vote on an official impeachment inquiry resolution until February 6th of the next year, 1974. Uh, I was 27 days old. <laughs> Uh, I imagine that's what will happen in this case as well. So put some beans on that. There'll be a bunch of hearings on the catch and kill stuff, the Mueller obstruction stuff, just one small part of it, emolument stuff, abuse of power stuff, like the time he tried to get the Postmaster General to double shipping costs for Amazon, who owns Washington Post, uh, hearings on Trump finances with the, the Mazar's Deutsche Bank and Capital One and his tax returns. That'll be in there. Um, and then, you know, probably the inaugural stuff. And then, of course, this money stuff that we're talking about using the military to stay at his Turnberry resort and things like that. And then eventually they may vote on a resolution to open an informal impeachment inquiry. It took uh, October, November, summer, January, five months last time right. of investigations before they called it an impeachment. Yeah. And they had the, the numbers or I guess the votes to actually remove at that time, right? 
I don't were... know. Okay, because I wonder where that would fall out in a comparison to now. Yeah, so it's just really interesting. I'm really, really excited that they're that they're doing this, changing the rules to at least take away that five minute thing. Mm-hmm. But these are huge hints, um, and to to frame it exactly as they did in Watergate, there you and and Nancy Pelosi laid this out a, a, a couple months ago in July, when she said, "Here's what we're doing going forward." Uh, and I'm not taking anything off the table. <clears throat> we need to have an ironclad case, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So when we sort of read into that, that, you know, she's not opposed to opening impeachment inquiry. We just all wish it would have happened sooner because mm-hmm. they would have had these tools to get the evidence they need much more, you know, quickly than, than we yeah. have right now. And I'm still not sure why they waited. But now that it's happening, I am glad. Yeah. And I, I have faith in them once again that they'll follow through. And like you're saying, if it's similar to Watergate and that they'll end up doing a formal one eventually, I still don't see them being able to remove Trump. So I wonder if they're just trying to garnish that, like, public support before the election. Like, what could be their angle for impeachment just to do it for the sake of, you know, moral justice? And, and... I, I think, yeah, it's their job, mm-hmm. uh, first of all. And that's why a lot of people support opening impeachment inquiry. But also... I think that they delayed it for maximum election impact. Okay. So if they're sticking with that, then yeah, maybe they would wait longer to do the formal thing too. And if that ends up resulting in a, a, an election win, and then we can prosecute Trump after that, Mm -hmm. then maybe we look back in hindsight and say, well played. That's how I'm feeling right now. So Um, far. Yeah. But then if you are successful with impeachment, which I don't know that they would go for, you know, that they would want to go forward with impeachment, not knowing that they're not going to be successful. Right. But I don't want them to successfully convict and remove Trump because then he's pardoned for everything. And that's just my own personal little justice porn. As it might actually happen, they might not be able to make it happen, but still having that effect of trying to. Well, the whole, yeah, Yeah. and the whole point, and we've been saying this forever, is it's your job, it's your constitutional job Mm -hmm. to impeach an unfit president who's broken the law so many times that we can't even count. Well, we can, (laughs) Democrats can. The, the, uh, we, we know numbers. We're not afraid of them. But um, it's also if the Senate refuses to even hear the trial, which is what McConnell has signaled that he's not even going to hear. He's not even going to take up an impeachment hearing, an mm-hmm. impeachment trial in the Senate. Right. Then you use that against those senators running for reelection that are Republicans that, that didn't, you know, that yeah. allowed him to, to get away with this and not. It, yeah, you use it to oust Mitch McConnell. It could work out. With your theory in that favor, like the idea is that if McConnell just stays McConnell and and he doesn't remove, then you'll have more ammo to impeach Trump and the people will have spoken instead of. And you'll have more ammo to vote Mitch McConnell out. Exactly. It it could all come together if if we're just a little more patient. Yeah, it feels like it's slow, but I also feel like things are really kind of revving up at the same time. The problem is, is all the shit that's happened between now and then children dying in concentration camps at the border, uh, asylum seekers not being able to get to, you know, seek asylum like they're supposed to changing the poem on the Statue of Liberty, just all this terrible, terrible shit that's happened since then. The rest of us are like, why? Yeah, why wait? Politically delay something. But I think everybody can agree that had we started it earlier, whether we started it in February when we, you know, right after we took over or whether we start it now, we still wouldn't convict and remove the president. It wouldn't have stopped him from continuing these horrible things that he's doing. I wonder if they're thinking about it like this. They have two shots, essentially, to get him out. They have the election, which is one, and then the second one could be impeachment if he does get reelected, and they do all of this perfectly leading up to the cusp of the election. Then they can pull back and say, we're not going to interfere with an election cycle. We'll hold off Mm -hmm. and see if if anything even comes of this. If he gets reelected, then they can just reinstate their efforts essentially as soon as he gets in right and then also hopefully at the polls if they're doing that people will be thinking 
I don't know. Maybe I don't want to, you know, vote a guy in that's wrapped in all this controversy, regardless of whether or not I even agree with it. Do I want to vote in a president that's going to come in and there's he's just going to be, be totally drenched because he's yeah. Right. yeah. Nixon got reelected though, but you're right about that being a, pot- a potential outcome. I also think that the Senate. I, I wonder if we have enough like seats to even remove him if he got reelected. Like what what would happen then if he did get reelected? And then... no, we couldn't mathematically get enough seats to remove so, him. He okay. would actually have to break the law to, to sway some Republican. We would need the Romney twenty. <laughs> yeah, the piece of thought that i've left out is hopefully between now and then maybe he will just continue his egregious behavior and it will be enough to turn to, some republicans oh, at the other side of the election disorder, uh, yeah. during the during these investigations he might be called to testify or he might be you know uh, compelled by the courts to hand over some sort of evidence and mm-hmm. if he defies that court order that could move some republicans on the needle give them an out to be like you know what i i can't allow like i can see romney maybe i don't know being the white horse prophecy uh prophet that he is maybe standing up and saying we can't allow this blatant disregard for the rule of law in the country before everything was kind of crudely i was okay with yeah this, and he kind of you know. already put out that one statement and that might be the last we hear from him unfortunately because that was so disappointing romney? exactly yeah but you're right it's a possibility that he can get reelected, and then we could potentially have republicans come out it's it is a gamble i wonder how much we could do We'd have a better shot because we would have more Democrats in the Senate at, at the very oh, least. better shot. Okay, that is something. We would have to convert fewer Republicans. That's worth pursuing definitely then because like you said, it, it wouldn't make it seem like... Con- if everyone votes. Yeah, if he got reelected. Yeah, so we would have the option of people voting him out and if that failed, then we would have... Yeah, then go for impeachment. Or continue the impeachment continue that we already impeachment. started. Yeah, yeah, I kind of... Ooh, it's tricky. Yeah, I don't know if you could stretch impeachment that far, but like yeah, I don't you know said, either. you could cut it off 90 days prior to the election saying we don't want to interfere in an election. Yeah, they cut stuff shit. off all the time for that yeah. reason. Yeah. I want a mouse so badly that I know it blinds me. <laughs> but I get that there's a lot of variables here and Congress people, they're there for I don't reason. want him pardoned. That's my big thing. I don't want him pardoned either, but I also just want him gone more than I don't want him pardoned. So that's oh, probably a part of what's bothering well, me. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah. obviously, if I had a choice between a gone pardoned Trump and a gone, you know, and a still here Trump, yeah. I would say gone pardoned oh, Trump is much better. Okay. Well, okay. Fuck yeah. yeah. I wouldn't yeah. keep him in office just so that he's not pardoned. Just to make sure. Well, just because nah. if he got out of office, which eventually he hopefully that, that's he would. That's like when people come up to me as a comedian and say, what are you going to do after this? You know, I, I think Patton Oswalt told this story about uh, his George W. Bush stuff. He's like, oh, but you, you don't have these jokes that you can tell anymore. He's like, I would gladly give up my t- my 10 minutes of mediocre Bush stuff to have him have never been president. Yeah, totally. Like, I feel you. Yeah, I know, I know how much you hate Trump. Definitely. I was just wondering because if he, once he eventually got out of office, we could probably put him in jail if he wasn't pardoned, right? Like if there was a way to... Have, yeah. But you're right. Ideally, we would remove him and he wouldn't just James could also put him in jail. So. Yeah. So Without, many factors. Even with a pardon. I mean, yeah, yeah. We so all agree he's a dick though. About. We're right. We, <laughs> we all want him out ASAP. Exactly. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be like... No, keep him in there. I don't want him pardoned. If you, you know, no, <laughs> but some people might actually feel like, hey, if we can make they sure might. he's yeah, uh, because I I do think that people would be very disappointed if he were if he were impeached, removed, convicted, out of office, and pardoned. I think there would be a lot of people who oh, who would yeah. be upset that yeah. he didn't face justice. But again, we still have New York, uh, and we still have states state attorneys general. So. Okay, so I just totally stepped all over Jordan and took did my hot note first. So um, we're going to go out of order this week. And Jordan, tell us about what you've got on your ex-boyfriend. Yes, I'll make it quick. Uh, this is a long episode. <laughs> so on Tuesday, Nudens dropped his lawsuit that we've been talking about on the Daily Beans against those who called him a fake farmer, quote unquote, uh, because he realized that lawsuit was about as sustainable as the mini plot of land he bought as a, nah, I do so have a farm in response to his haters. 
Uh, Nunes's lawyer wanted to make it clear that they were not dropping the case because it lacked merit. They were just dropping the case to shift their focus and include all of those qualms in another lawsuit that they were going to file uh, that day, which will have been the, the day after on Wednesday in Virginia. And they did just that. They filed that lawsuit. And what it is, it's against Fusion GPS and its founder, Glenn Simpson, and the nonprofit group Campaign for Accountability. And the lawsuit accuses them of racketeering and for interfering with his Trump-Russia probe uh, on behalf of the Intelligence Committee investigations. Uh, Devin says, quote, I was often smeared, and now we know there's a link between those doing the smearing and Fusion GPS. Fusion GPS has a long record of this. Most well, people... That's their job. That's yeah. what they do. They're yeah. oppo research firm. Yes. They're a smear factory. Yeah. <laughs> Most people know about the steel dossier. When we were investigating Fusion GPS, they were actively involved in working to smear me to obstruct justice to derail our investigation. And then he said, there was a joint and systematic effort to intimidate, harass, threaten, influence, interfere with, impede, and ultimately to derail uh, <laughs> plaintiff's invest congressional investigation. Sorry, this is his lawyer saying this. A farmer. Plaintiff's, <laughs> yeah, plaintiff's congressional investigation into Russian election interference. Uh, Muhu, Devin. <laughs> Muhu. That's amazing. Hashtag Muhu. Yes. He says, I'm going to hold these guys accountable, and this is just one of the many steps we're going to continue to take. So he's asking for $10 million in damages okay, to his Dr. reputation <laughs> and his efforts uh, as a Congress member. Dollars. Yes. Uh, it's definitely a number he just got, like, he drunkenly got by, like, throwing a single dart onto a board. <laughs> like that. that sounds good. How about 10? Um, how, also, like, how are you going to try to personally profit from issues that you're saying relate to a congressional investigation? Too. If anything, that money should go back to the taxpayers, not yourself. If yeah. you're actually a, saying that impeded the investigation, he feels like he but it's was more than slandered that. in personally the smeared. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Speech yeah. and debate clause doesn't like it when it works both ways. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. What a turd. Well, thank you yeah. for that. Moo mm-hmm. hoo. That's amazing. Moo hoo. I love it. <laughs> I love it. All right, you ready for sabotage? Yes. Okay, so about a year ago, a tiny story dropped about a former Clinton donor turned Trump donor named Ahmad Kawaja. He ran a shady online business that would help fraudsters and offshore bettors cover their tracks using sham websites and dummy companies. He's like a just a, basically a, a consultant for, you know, fucking essential. Uh, and so he basically, you know, these companies want to hide businesses' true nature. They're like front companies. Like think of the car wash and Breaking Bad. He would he would get advise you on how to do that. Uh, and he gave Trump's inaugural a million dollars. And I just wanted to bring his name back into the spotlight since Broidy and the inaugural are being uh, investigated right now. So mm. just remember that name, Ahmad Kawaja. All right. And uh, we might as well just take that right into this. Are you ready for the Fantasy Indictment League? Yes. I'm going to be indicted. No, wait, it's going to be a... Indicted! Honey, dick. Indicted! Okay, so we got a lot going on in the Fantasy Indictment League. First of all, if you had Jacob Wool on your uh, Fantasy Indictment team, give yourself, I don't know, what's he worth, a point? Yeah, great yeah. great pick, though. Yeah. I don't know, man, he's been off my radar for a while. Me too, mm-hmm. me that, too. That's our bad. Uh, so he's he's been indicted. There's a warrant out for his arrest in California, fifty thousand dollar bench warrant uh, for a thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> wow, 
Yeah. So he basically uh, fraudulently sold improper securities in 2016, and it's coming back to bite him in the ass. He was banned forever from futures trading. Yeah. A while back, but uh, him and his his business partner apparently are uh, now in trouble. And was... this this has nothing to do with any of the you know the fake Mueller sexual assault case with Jennifer Taub or any of the other like the fake death threats that he totally separate cooked up. This is just some shit he did in 2016 with securities trying to sell them. That fifty thousand is that a reward or bail money? I forgot. Uh, it's a bond. So bond. Oh, okay, I was gonna say reward. <laughs> tournament. Oh. <laughs> His mom will turn him in for His that. Dad one. would right. <laughs> asshole dad on Twitter. Yeah. Like, hey. Just raise your hand if you've been personally victimized by Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> David, I think, is his dad's name. What a dick. So give yourself a point. Actually, I'm going to give you 1.5 points for Will. Just that half a point for him being such a cunt. True, true. (laughs) And for thinking of him after all these months. I know. Yeah. yeah. And for something that, you know, it hasn't been recently investigated. Mm -hmm. This is an old school thing. Uh, But the the statute of limitations was about to toll on this one. So they were like, we got to issue a warrant for his arrest and indict him on this stuff. Uh, I don't know what they were waiting for other than just maybe gathering more evidence. But... Uh, we now shall draft our new fantasy indictment teams. I get to go first. And I'm going to, the guy who I brought up in Sabotage. Oh, yeah. What was his name? Kawaja. Kawaja. I like that name. It's pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kawaja. All right. Jordan. I'm doing more wool. More wool. More wool. That's what's that. Superseding wool. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Waldo? Where's Waldo? <laughs> Where's Waldo? Oh, man. <laughs> I will take Broidy, please. Good one. Nice. That's what I was going to go with. Next. Uh, so I'm going to take Nader. I think yes. he's got some superseding stuff coming up on him. Dershowitz. Dersh. No underwear. Underpants man. There's a superhero, right? Underpants man? The underoos? Oh, I think it's a children's book. I don't want to associate Captain with Underpants. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I Captain think now underpants. I'm remembering coloring book or something. Dude, we're calling him Captain Underpants. <laughs> hey, well, can't take it back. The worst nickname stick. Uh, Dershowitz. All right, uh, Jaleesa, what do you got? I will take Pecker. Pecker. Mm-hmm. You've selected Pecker. Um, along those, along that vein, I'm gonna do. Uh, mm, I I can't take yours. It's okay, you can. Uh, yeah, man. It's no, probably I'm not gonna, gonna do... happen this week. Although if you pick it, it will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I so. will then. <laughs> Barrick. Nice. I know that's your man. Oh but... uh, yes, that's okay. Um, I'll do AMI. <clears throat> AMI. Good one. Uh, I'll do Trump victory, please. Trump victory. Okay, nice. I'm gonna do the inaugural. I will do uh, um, Soriano. Good one. How many more do I have? Just one? You have two more. Okay, so I'll take um, Igor. Rando. <laughs> Rando. <laughs> Igor. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to... I have one more. I'm going to go with um, Maxwell. That's going to be my pick. Gislaine. Oh. Living life in the Gislaine. Life in the Gislaine. <laughs> um, I'll do a Rando. All right. And uh, I'll take more Jolo. Do you think that's possible? Because there's Jolo, yeah, superseding Jolo. There's stuff. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Ice T still doing his thing. So <laughs> never know. Uh, all right, that's how we play the Fantasy Indictment League. We'll be right back with an interview from a former Trump supporter turned Elizabeth Warren supporter. So stick around. Hey everybody, it's AG, and I've been looking for a one-stop shop to find my all-natural, eco-friendly, earth-friendly, environmental, home beauty, and personal care products, and it is finally here. It is called Grove.co, and it's a customizable auto-shipment service. Like, you can get a subscription, and it makes shopping for your healthier home products affordable and easy because they put it all in one place. And over half a million families shop Grove.co for things like non-toxic dish soap, 
plant-based skincare, and tree-free bath tissue. So what Grove.co does is they take all the work out of having to research the sustainability and healthiness of the best natural eco-friendly products because it's there's so many uh, out there and they, they put them all in one place for you uh, online and they deliver straight to your door. So that saves you even more time. It's extremely convenient. So you save all the time having to research eco-friendly products and you save all the time by having it delivered to your door. And right now you can get an exclusive offer on Mrs. Myers. You select your favorite scents like peony, lilac, and mint. And uh, new customers get a free cleaning set, a five-piece cleaning set in these scents when you place your first order of $20 or more. You just pick a scent, and then Mrs. Myers will send you the hand soap, dish soap, multi-surface spray, and they even have a Grove Collaborative Caddy and a Walnut Scrubber Sponge. It's just so much awesome stuff there. Uh, Everything available at Grove.co is healthier for you, and it's better for the planet. Uh, Again, like I said, they've done all the research, so they do all the heavy lifting. I recently got all my eco-friendly 7th generation cleaning products there. I've been using that forever, and now I can just get them all online one place along with my bird's bees uh, and so I absolutely love the convenience I was amazed by their price uh, and it comes right to my door it was an incredible time saver uh, and as you know I trust the sustainability and quality of, of all the products that they offer so they do that work for you so try Grove now before this exclusive offer runs out for a limited time get a three-piece cleaning set from Mrs. Meyer's Spring Sense and a free 60-day VIP membership and a surprise bonus gift when you sign up and place an order of $20 or more Check out Grove and our special offer at grove.co slash ag. That's grove.co, not .com slash ag. Grove.co slash ag. You'll be glad you did. So a few weeks ago, I tweeted out that if Trump supporters want to change uh, and become Democrats or if they're changing their minds on a lot of the Trump stuff, and I I said that we need to let them because I I saw a lot of people getting bashed online for trying to come over to the Democrat Party or at least leaving the Trump train. And I strongly believe that if we want people to change, we need to give them room to do so. And I got a lot of flack for that tweet. And I'm sure our next guest can relate. Uh, Joining us today is former Trump supporter turned Democrat who now supports, I believe, Elizabeth Warren for president. It's David Weissman. David, welcome to Mueller, she wrote. Hi. Uh, Thank you for having me on. We really appreciate you coming on. I I just wanted to ask you a few questions about your experience. Uh, I know you used to watch Fox News, and in your own words, you were a full-fledged, unapologetic, red-hat-wearing Trump supporter until one day you uh, engaged online with comedian Sarah Silverman. Uh, You accused her of caring more about immigrants than veterans. And What happened after that? Well, um, what happened was she actually answered some questions, and I've asked... um, well, what really started was it was a time where conservatives were saying they were shadow banned, you know, being, for being conservative. And then I had a tweet out saying, you know, hey, Jack, you know, how come we have comedians like Sarah Silverman and Stephen Colbert dressed in Nazi outfits with their comedy, uh, which is demeaning to Jews, and, you know, allowed to be on Twitter? And then she actually, she actually replied in kindness without any attacks, without any um, arguing. Uh, she replied, you know, comedy is subjective. It's, you know, it's mainly for reaction, not necessarily to offend people. And then I was kind of surprised by that, because normally when you, a Trump supporter attacks a um, celebrity, they get blocked. I mean, it's sort of like a badge of honor. So I was kind of thrown off guard with her response. And then I kind of thought, you know, and she's, you know, actually dialoguing here. Why don't I find out why she doesn't like Trump? So I asked her, we got in this a respectful debate which is very rare on social media um and uh so she told me why she didn't like him you know anti-semitism misogamy racism you know all the different things why you know he's not liked and 
um, I don't know why I like him. And then I started thinking, you know, if she's able to tell me why she doesn't like Trump, maybe she might answer questions why liberals blame the things they do. Because I've always took uh, conservative pundits' words on what liberals believe and not actually dialogue. Because when you're conservative, you're led to believe that liberals want to destroy America from the inside. You're, you're told that they want to take rights away. Um, you know, all these different little lies and misinformation and demonization. I um, mean, you know, that's what you believe, you know, you believe that liberals are the bad guys, are the enemy. And so I, I actually, like I said, I asked her, like, you know, why do you care about illegal aliens more than veterans or more than military? She replied, you know, it's, you know, inclusively, you, you can actually care about veterans, military, and immigrants, because one, we are a nation of immigrants. And when she replied, a lot of her followers replied, show me different facts about um, immigration. You know, many of the immigrants are seeking asylum, you know, fleeing for their lives, not MS-13. Uh, in fact, MS-13 is actually started in America. And, you know, so I learned different facts about that. And, you know, a lot of the problems actually come through the port of entry, not necessarily trying to, um, you know, not the immigrants that you see playing for their lives. Um, so, you know, I learned a lot of different, um, you know, truths about the actual immigration. And like I said, seeking asylum is an issue that you never really hear in the conservative media. It's always about, you know, they, they need to come here illegally. They need to come here illegally. And sadly, you know, you see now it's not always about legal. Did you think it was um, Sarah Silverman's kindness and willingness to have a dialogue with you that allowed you to open open your mind to these facts? Because yeah. I know a lot of times, and this is on both sides, that, uh, well, I don't know if it's on both sides, but <laughs> a lot of time when you present facts, they're ignored. Um, and But you didn't ignore the, those facts. And I was wondering if it was her kindness that kept your mind and heart open to those facts. Yeah, I mean... And, and and people get confused with my story. They think, oh, she's what turned me into a liberal. And no, that's not the case. Like you said, she, you know, with her kindness, that inspired me to dialogue more. And I was only mainly asking questions on, you know, certain issues. I mean, I had no, I had no uh, desire to leave the Republican Party, no desire to end my support for Trump um, at the time. Um, so... You know, it was you know, it was mainly asking questions and learning the truth of what you know liberals believe. What was it um, that eventually did change your mind and made you leave the Republican Party, and not just leave the Republican Party? Like some folks, like Scaramucci and stuff like that, are leaving the Republican, the Trump Republican Party, but remaining Republicans. You actually came over to the Democrat side, and I believe you're supporting Warren for president. What what was it that uh, what what changed there? What made you? Did just all the facts piling up? Yeah, all the facts. Um, I learned that the difference between conservative and liberals are conservatives are very kind of closed-minded. They stick to their families, their churches, synagogues, what have you. Um, and they're, they want to make sure that they have their rights, even though they already have their rights. And I learned that Democrats, you know, liberals, they fight for rights of others who don't have rights. They fight racism, they fight sexism, they want, you know, they actually follow the Second Amendment on well-regulated militia, not that anybody can have a weapon or what kind of weapon. You know, this, it seems like it's more realistic, more, uh, 
um, more modern, I guess. I mean, and I and I kind of realized too. I mean, I I used to think, oh, you shouldn't change the constitution, like it's the Bible. Um, you know, that it's absolute. And you know what? And you know, there have been presidents throughout history that say, hey, you know, it's not an absolute document. You know, it's supposed to change many times. You know, it's it's a man-made document uh, for our country. And you know, America in 2019 is not America 1776. And so it was a lot of different facts, new information. I mean, I learned, relearned about President Obama, Hillary Clinton, learning that a lot of it was demonization, propaganda from Fox News and other conservative outlets. Um, I mean, sure, are they are they perfect? No, no one's perfect, but they are. You know, they're not. You know, they're, they're trying to find. They're trying to find fight the rights for other people. They're trying to make it safe for you know kids to go to school. You know, they're trying to you know. You know, help out our country and progress, and all of that led to like, you know, what exactly are conservative principles? I mean, seriously, I mean, it seems like conservatives manipulate the Second Amendment. It seems like conservatives want to control women's rights. I mean, why don't we? I mean, it's 2019. Why are women getting paid less than men? I mean, so many, so many different things. I mean. Like I said, people think I just switched like that because of a few tweets here and there. No, I, I spent a lot of time re-researching everything I knew. I went back 10 years studying different people, events, you know, everything, you know. I relearned everything. And and for some reason, I mean, I, I felt in, I, I see how a black person does not grow up the same as a white person. You know, Muslim, as a Christian. And I realized there's so many people out here being screwed over um, that I I find it more empathetic and more warning to fight for those rights. I mean, I'm a I'm a white guy, man. No, I I have all my rights. I mean, if I wanted to go get a gun, I can go get a gun now if I wanted to. You know, no questions asked. You know, I I can do anything I want to do in this country. And but you know, I'm a straight guy too. You know, but you know. There are other people that don't have don't have that kind of white privilege, and that's what I saw what the Democratic Party was all about. You know, they're not trying to take any rights away; they're trying to fight rights for others, and that really won me over. And as far as Senator Warren goes, she seems to be the person that is the strongest candidate out of all of them. She also had a similar history, being originally conservative, and. And so I, I kind of felt I can relate to her on that, you know. And sure, she made a mistake on the Native American part. And you know what? She took responsibility for that. You know, leaders take responsibility, unlike the current president that we have now. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, that's admirable when someone can say, you know what? I made a mistake. I'm sorry. And, you know, she that you know she's earned my respect. And that's who I want to vote for. And, you know. Regardless of who the Democratic Party is, I am going to vote for that candidate. Yeah, and it kind of matches your story, too, because you, you know, like you said, you started out as conservative and somebody allowed you uh, the opportunity to grow and change. And, and I think that you're doing the same with Elizabeth Warren. And you bring up the Constitution. I think it's important to note that, yeah, it's it's an amend- amendable document, right? It wasn't meant to be, you know, never changed and never uh, right. uh, modified because it's it's in the quest to form a more perfect union because we keep changing and growing. And you're a veteran. You fought for the Constitution. I'm a veteran too. And thank you for your service. Thank you. But I've noticed that Trump supporters discount my service because I don't support Trump, despite the way he treats veterans and Gold Star families. And now, 
active duty service members by pulling Department of Defense money for our bases here and our construction abroad to defend us from Russia. He's taking that money to build his wall. Do you find that your veteran status doesn't matter to Trump supporters? Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, like, and that's what real, that's what made me realize what kind of people uh, uh, Trump supporters are and who Trump is. Because when, you know, when you go full on uh, mega, you know, it really is like a cult. Decency um, is out the window. All that matters is a mission. You know, the American first mission. Nothing else matters. I mean, why do you think he got he got away with so much stuff? Because, you know, he you know he fits their agenda, and that's all that counts for them. And when I was dialoguing, um, they, they saw that, um, you know, I was getting backlashes. Oh, he's a traitor. This, that, you know, all of these. I mean, I, I encourage people to look at my mentions. I mean, um, it's you know, <laughs> and and um, so yeah. I mean, you can be a squad of my soldier. Perfect record, many years, and they won't—they don't consider you a, a patriot because you're a Democrat. And and it was kind of funny though, because one of the things I learned that it was a Democrat that actually created a GI Bill. I mean, what has Republicans really done for the military besides, uh, you know, just sending money? That's it. Yeah, they they tend to fund the Department of Defense, but they also tend to not fund the Department of Veterans Affairs. So it's it's a whole thing, but. Um, I do want to thank you for your service. And then I also wanted to ask you, you just published an open letter to Mitch McConnell. And I was wondering if you could tell us about that, because he's a longtime Kentucky Republican, used to be small government uh, Republican and anti-Russia. But now he seems to be in bed with those guys and the NRA. And I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your letter. Well, I mean, we, we've been having so many mass shootings. There's been gun violence every day. Uh, I mean, and, and, and like I said, every day. I mean, just here in Florida, in local news in Florida, there's always something going on a shooting. And, you know, there's Democrats have been putting lots of legislation. Lot, and, and, and a lot of it is joint. You know, I mean, Republicans are actually joining in on the legislation. You know, Republicans and Democrats are working together and trying to put something together. And he ignores it. And it's like, what is going on? Why is he ignoring all of this stuff to make her, uh, you know, I can't, I mean, I was a soldier, you were a soldier. I mean, we, you know, we expected to get shot at one, you know, rocket at and all that stuff. No, not, uh, not a kid in school. I mean, can you imagine what they, what the, you know, what they go through? And I mean, PTSD sucks. I mean, it's, it's no joke. And these, you know, high school kids, junior high kids, do not have to worry about that kind of stuff. And, you know, he's a senator. He's also being for the people. And, he just pretty much given a big F you, you know, to the school by French. But, um, you know, he's, that's, that's what he's saying to the people. I mean, he doesn't care. And he, he didn't care when Obama was president. He did the same exact thing. I mean, he, he's, I mean, it's almost like Republicans are projecting their um, problems on the Democrats. I mean, he's the one who's destroying American problems. And he's not getting anything done. Um... You know, Democrats are doing more than just wanting to impeach Trump. They want to, you know, make it safer for us. You know, and it's it's like he's he's just you know taking all this money from the NRA. He and it's ridiculous. You know, I mean, and it needs to stop. Yeah, I agree with you, and I also want to thank you for taking time today, and I appreciate your kindness, and I hope that uh, our listeners um, take a take a cue from Sarah Silverman that when 
they, it, I, I, I just always find it's better to engage with kindness and curiosity than with bashing and rudeness. Now, sometimes you can't get around it. Sometimes people are too far gone, but I don't think that that's true for everybody. And I really appreciate you taking time to speak to us today. Any final thoughts out there for anybody? Thank you. Yeah, final thought. Um, it was, I mean, when a person is questioning, definitely people need to be welcoming. And I, I mean, I, I understand why many were upset with me, but I mean, you got to think about it. If they, if they start questioning Trump, they leave that cult. Um, it was some bad clashes that woke me up out of that trance, out of that make American trance. And, saw, and then when I saw the meeting of him and Putin for the first time, um, they, um, he letting himself vulnerable being recorded, and, and I saw how Hillary Clinton was right, and I couldn't believe it. And that, when when I saw that, I was putting everything together, and that's when I realized that this is not the guy that Fox News made a mouth of, and that's where I ended up support. And what keeps me going is support from other Democrats and liberals. Um, that keeps me going, and why, why, why I take the hits from Trump supporters and conservatives. Uh, you know, it's support that motivates me. And I think, and it was like an intervention too, it wasn't just Sarah Silverman. I connected with so many different people that saw what was going on with me. And like I said, it was almost like an intervention. And that's how I described it. And I, I think we need to take one person at a time, not a whole bunch of people. I think that's the key. If you're able to, if you see this person questioning, we all need to, you know, talk to that individual, you know, leave everybody else out and just focus on that one person that's struggling with what's going on. Well said. Well said. Um, thank you so much for joining us today, everyone. David Weissman. Thank you so much for having me. All right. That's our show. What an interesting interview, right? Just yeah. to learn about how important it is to be kind to people online. And I know I got a lot of blowback from putting that tweet out saying that we need to be kind to Trump supporters who might want to come over to the Dem Party. And I understand that some people just aren't capable of doing it because of the gaslighting and the PTS and the anxiety and all that. I'm not saying by any means you have to go out and do that. I'm just saying, you know, Maybe just don't be a jerk. And, and right. And those of us that can do it, just maybe don't criticize us for being nice. Unless there's a specific reason that that person doesn't deserve it. There are always exceptions. But generally speaking, I think it's a good rule, AG, to just start with kindness. Yep. That's a, it can only get better from there. So, mm -hmm. And typically being a jerk only makes yourself feel bad also. Exactly. Yeah. Then you feel worse mm -hmm. if you have a, if you're, if you know, have any feelings or a conscience whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. Or negativity. Stress kills, man. Like yeah. just chill out. Karma's cool. bad. Look at Jacob Wool. Yeah. Yeah. And I say chill out as a blanket statement. I know there's a lot of chaos and <laughs> terrible things happening. What I mean is we'll all be able to face it easier if we take a breath together yeah, that's way break. better than saying chill out bro treat yourself <laughs> calm down yeah yeah, yeah. i gotta be nicer works. now <laughs> <laughs> anyway thank you so much you guys have any final thoughts um just take care of yourself i'm sorry that's your line ag i really want to emphasize it yeah seriously self-care is big yeah mm -hmm. yeah um have a great week. <laughs> nice. It's going to be a fun one. Yeah. With, seriously, have a great week. Votes oh, coming Seattle up. Seattle yeah. is this week. Seattle's this weekend oh, too. Snap. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So maybe on the day before, or right, the day we leave uh, for Seattle, uh, we could have uh, new rules in the committee for impeachment hearings. Wow. Well, you know, investigative hearings. Mm -hmm. If you don't yeah, want to yeah. use the uh, impeachment word. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yes. Thank you so much. And guys, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. I've been AG. I've been Jaleesa Johnson. I've been Jordan Coburn. And this is Muller She Wrote. Muller She Wrote is produced and engineered by AG with editing and logo design by Jaleesa Johnson. Our marketing consultant and social media manager is Sarah Lee Steiner, and our subscriber and communications director is Jordan Coburn. 
fact-checking and research by AG, and research assistance by Jaleesa Johnson and Jordan Coburn. Our merchandising managers are Sarah Lee Steiner and Sarah Hirschberger Valencia. Our web design and branding are by Joelle Reeder with Moxie Design Studios, and our website is MullerSheWrote.com. Hi, I'm Harry Littman, host of Talking Feds, a roundtable that brings together prominent figures from government law and journalism for a dynamic discussion of the most important topics of the day. Each Monday, I'm joined by a slate of Feds favorites and new voices to break down the headlines and give the insider's view of what's going on in Washington and beyond, plus sidebars explaining important legal concepts read by your favorite celebrities. Find Talking Feds wherever you get your podcasts. M-S-W Media. Hi, I'm Liz Winstead. I'm Moji Alawode-Al. And we're the hosts of Feminist Buzzkills, the only weekly podcast that helps you navigate the post-row hellscape. We dissect all the news from that sketchy intersection of abortion and misogyny with our guests, the abortion providers and activists working on the ground. Plus, we have amazing comedians to help us laugh through the rage. Feminist Buzzkills drops Fridays wherever you get your pod fix. Listen and subscribe, because when BS is popping, we pop off.